You'd be a great escort. Yeah, you want to go on a date? Yeah. Well, not for me. Not. <laughs> I don't want to go on a date on my cousin. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Or you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Christ! What is the show even about? Uh, talk about, like, life as spaghetti. Like, strands of life. Or other strands of spaghetti. Do you want to just keep that as the intro? <laughs> Hello, welcome yeah. to Roast Mortem. A oh show God. about things, oh, spaghetti, shit. life, all of it. We're all happy to be here. Especially me, Tom. Uh, wait, but like, am I real or am I a band of spaghetti? I'm Travis. Uh, this is interesting string theory. I will be your Cody for this evening. And I'm Mike. Who the hell is that? Whoa. Hi. He's fucking back. Back from jail. How was jail? It's terrible. Food's bad. Yeah. That's, well, was it really bad? Like, you've had worse, right? There's a lot of companionship in there. Okay. That's what matters. (laughs) It is true. Okay. Welcome to the show, everyone. Wow. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. Okay. So, so Travis, I know what you're about to ask me. So, oh. before you do, I just wanted to throw this over to you. How was your week? Damn. Dude, thanks for the layup. <laughs> I'm going to slam dunk it over to Mike because he wasn't here. How's your week, dog? Oh, the alley-oop. Oh, alley-oop. The, the best week. I had two kids from high school text me at like midnight. I forgot which day it was. But to remind me that nine years ago, a girl spilled nachos on me, and like I was like, <laughs> pretty upset about it <laughs> at lunch. You did. I never told you guys that story. I might have, but you had two different people you haven't talked to in years. No, they, were in a, they put me in a group chat with them and me. Oh, and they said they uh, there was a Facebook post, and they sent me the Facebook post that it was nine years ago. This, this is how people know you at your school. <laughs> Yeah, you were the kid who smelled like cheese and then got nachos spilled oh, on him. The, probably the most embarrassing thing ever. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. This Mike. girl's boyfriend was eating the nachos off my back, <laughs> and there's like this hood ass like fucking black girl, and she was so mad that it, like she had tripped and like dropped her like lunch on my back. She was like mad at me. Oh well, oh, like, no. what did you say? You were pretty shy. You're still pretty shy. Oh, I um, I kind of like just didn't do anything for a second. It like. The way she dropped it, she like tripped. Up, she was like carrying it out like this. You have to help. This is not this is a podcast. This is a Mike. podcast. <laughs> she like, she like, was strutting open handed. Our, our lunch table is right where the the, like, the entrance door to like leave the or the exit door, the, like where you pay for your food. Okay. Uh-huh. So she tripped over my friend Dom's backpack and just dropped all of it all over my my back. Oh, uh, like down my neck, like in my back of my head to like ooh. my. And her yeah. boyfriend started eating the nachos off yeah, of you? he was like, yo, my bad scrap. And he was laughing and, like, eating the chips off my back. He shouldn't laugh with food in his mouth. But, yo, he was, like, scraping the cheese off my back. Oh. And, and I didn't do anything because I was, like, kind of, like, I, I like, didn't, like, kind of, like, froze. I was, like, so embarrassed. And I, like, got up and I went to the nurse's office. I didn't have any clothes in my size because I was a heavy kid. Yeah, you used to be chunk. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> I had to beg my dad to, like, come pick me up. <laughs> Mike. Oh, cheese boy, cheese boy, cheese boys! Man, that was nine years ago. That was crazy. Well, Time flies. And you had two friends remind you of this recently. I guess they're more like bullies. I guess they're not—they're <laughs> not your friends, Mike. I, mean, I don't even talk to them on the regular. Like I was like out of nowhere, like kind of. 
Um, look, man, tell, tell them you got that an older cousin hilarious. that goes to the gym. They'll back off. All right, I'll tell them next time. Tell them next in, time. Uh, in 20 years. years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. next yeah. time Mike is in high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, actually, thank you for for that story. That was, yeah, uh, that was potent. Opening like. opening up the show, nice on a high note. Oh, little shit. little cheesy, snacky. I don't know. Grab a bowl of popcorn yeah. as Travis tells us how his week was. Layup. Hey Cody, how was your week? <laughs> That's how you do basketball, right? I, I you're confusing a lot of basketball terminology, <laughs> and me being a nerd still irked somehow. Even though I don't know too much about basketball, how was my week? Um, my week was just fine. Like, uh, I, I take that back. I'm fucking fu- frustrated because, like, the goddamn, like, community I live in, like, recently, like, paved their roads. Did I tell you guys this story? Oh, yeah, you told this story on the last episode. Yeah, you told this episode God on George it. Washington Part 3. So, n- eh, do something <laughs> else. <laughs> no, he's stuck pull- in his house still. Yeah, I'm still stuck in my house. He's still stuck in the house. Me. I'm going to pull a mic and come back to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, speaking of which, we did just record that episode a few days ago, and since then, nothing has happened in my life. So I can relate to that. I think someone else might have a great story for us. Travis, <laughs> how was your week? <laughs> Offsides. Tom, you have to tell me your week. Okay. <sighs> This uh, is confusing now. This week, I uh, I upgraded uh, slash downgraded the podcast rig. Very exciting technical stuff. Uh, very, I, no one cares about this stuff. Zwick cares. He, but he uh, he's just gonna cut this out because this is bad podcasting. You know what's but good you- podcasting? Travis's week. <laughs> Let's get into wow, that. This is just a pissing contest, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess the ball's in my side. Court pocket. Tell and us I gotta already. Take it to the rim. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did I do this week? I don't know. I watched a bunch of documentaries about mummies. Um, shit. I just been working a bunch, dude. I see it's boring, man. Yeah. I watch mummy movies and not the mummy with Brendan Fraser. Just mummy Cruise. mummies. It's gonna be rough. It's yeah, man. Uh, look. We're all in this together, and by that I mean anyone who uses that phrase sincerely sincerely needs to be put outside. Everyone's bored right now. COVID's mm-hmm. happening. It's coming back. We don't want to talk about that. But as a side effect, Travis's weeks have been pretty dull recently. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So with no further ado, <laughs> let's stop talking about our weeks. Yeah. Wow, Tom. Mike, thanks for saving that segment. Jesus no Christ. Yeah, the only interesting thing happened nine yeah. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, my dude. Oh, yeah. Good time. Fucking savior. Hell yeah. Tom, who's back. on the rimp, dimp, dibbly, bumpy, boopy boy? Okay, let me tell you who's on the chopping block tonight. So tonight, if you, you already clicked on the episode, it's Carrie Grant. You know who it is. Do you know well, Carrie Grant? I, I recently realized like sure. somebody might be binging on autoplay next and only just now found out it was Carrie Grant. Well, that's fine too. Because it's <laughs> Carrie Grant. Okay. Oh. So let me pose a question. This is a male-oriented question. Uh so all the guys at home, you can think about this. And all the girls, you can fawn just thinking about Carrie Grant the entire time. When was the last time you looked at Carrie Grant and then like didn't somehow evaluate your own self-worth as being a less than human. 
I always get Cary Grant confused with all the other 50s guys that have square chins. Oh, yep. Dude. Yeah. Yes. Cary Grant is a dude. Oh, Mike, I'm going to pull up a picture <laughs> for research. That's Alex Jones. Don't look at that picture. Uh, Wait, he's <laughs> Alex Jones too? No, I was just watching Alex Jones stuff before. Oh, this guy? Yeah, this guy. This fucking sexy bastard. Yeah. The, like every time you look at that face, don't you go, ah, I kind of wish I had that going on. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I really. Yeah, the suit that, was pretty cool. That's what Cary Grant is. He was always well dressed. And James he, Bond or some shit looks like him. He was never James Bond. In fact, no, Sean like... Connery took his style from oh. Cary Grant. Rest in peace, oh. my dude. Rest yeah. in eggs. That just happened. Uh, it's the end of man time. talk. No more man no talk. No one can talk well, like men anymore. To be fair, man talk's been going downhill for a long time. Um, not that we're on a I crusade mean, to bring it back, but we will have fun. Sure. <laughs> Now, if you don't know who Cary Grant is, I'm sure you can look him up real quick. You don't know either. Okay. You guys have never been. You don't, you don't have it. Okay. Yes. You, you need to know who this guy is. Okay. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to learn. I'm teaching. So he is the least cartoonish looking lead man in existence. Now, Travis mentioned before, he's like, oh, but he looks like all the other guys. Everyone looked like him. Oh, shit. Gotcha. He was the guy. He was like the, the trendsetter. The logo. He was beyond trendsetter. He was perfect. This is so this, he is nothing short of being a miracle on legs. Damn. This man. Jones. So he's like when you go to the supermarket and you're buying eggs and then you get the one that you have the luxury that somebody already opened that egg for you. And oh. that's the one you buy because he's the yeah. best one. Yeah. Well, you know, this guy Pre-shelled was so perfect. Egg. Yeah, this guy was so perfect that, uh, Travis, I have a lot of confidence that you're going to have a lot of heavy lifting to do to make this funny, because this guy wasn't that funny, but what he was was fantastic. Uh, I'm actually a good person, actually. He's a good person, and what I'm doing (laughs) here, what I'm doing here is that I started doing the research. I'm like, this is one of the best stars in Hollywood. He's number one in my book. Love him. Bring him back, baby. North by Northwest to catch a thief. Classics. Absolute classic. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. this script is kind of, instead of shitting on him, it's like written from a point of jealousy. Okay? Mm. I'm putting it out there. Okay. Well, Tom, you mentioned I, I, heavy really lifting, good. and I just want to say that's what I call walking for me. Heavy okay. lifting. Every step. <laughs> I relate. Every I relate step I take. Did you just make a fat joke about yourself? Yeah, dude. Nice. <laughs> Very cute. All right. So anyway. Um Back to Cary Grant. According to the American Film Institute, he's the second greatest male star of the Hollywood golden age. Humphrey Humphrey Bogart being the first. Personally, I would never trust Humphrey Bogart and wouldn't leave my girlfriend around him too long. He he looks like he's going to do something bad. Uh, As much as I like him. I'd invite him over for a sleepover. He'll he'll smoke on you until you're dead. But that's cool. That's what you like. Look, either way, that's what Car- that's that's exactly what Humphrey Bogart would do. If you brought him over for dinner, he's going to use your girlfriend as an ashtray. He's going to hump your girlfriend. Cary Grant's going to have great conversation. He's going to be a gentleman. So we're going to talk about gentlemen tonight. Like I said, sure. a little caveat. Not a lot of juice going on here. So uh, this is coming out of uh, straight jealousy for me and uh, admiration for a man who is more than I will ever be. And I'm glad he's dead for that because now I have mm. a chance to be uh, in in the ush, uh, upper realm of society per se uh with him gotcha. in play it was never gonna happen cody how many hot pockets do you think this guy ate he, he was probably too manly for that yeah he probably just didn't 
even uh, partake once of the forbidden pocket. All right, but Cody, here's the thing, though. Back in the day, they used to wrap the hot pocket in asbestos so it would cook better, so super manly. That's Uber, true. Uber I forgot mensch. about that. Beautiful. Okay, let's get into our, our sure. boy here. Okay. Cary Grant was born as Archibald Alec Leach, 18, <laughs> uh, excuse me, January 18th, 1904, in Bristol, England, to people he called parents. Now let's wow. talk about those people. Did they suck because he was a leech? Yeah, his parents were terrible. Ah. There is, th- this is a fun... <laughs> yes, uh, child abuse. What we'll be doing here is a fun story that's going to peek at his success, of which we'll talk a little bit about, and then we'll get into some trivial things, and then he dies. That's how this story wow. goes, okay? All right. Such is all life. Right. We all know he's dead. He's on the goddamn show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't. My printer wasn't working. I have to read off a screen again. Oh, terrible. Peasant. Yes. Uh, his parents were Elias James Leach and Elsie Maria Leach, who were both, uh, they both worked in clothes, believe it or not. He was I a, in clothes. he's one of those guys who used to, he wasn't a tailor. He would press suits, you know? Oh. Oh. Like mm. Yeah, he'd crisp them up. So when you left the place, you looked like a playing card. Hey. I mm-hmm. thought when you said they work in clothes, they didn't work naked. But I'm just thinking about a man <laughs> trying to make a puff jacket, not a puff jacket, because I hate puff oh. jackets. Why not? You, like puff you don't like that? No. He's got. I already get everything. I already get everything caught on everything, dude. Yeah, I, don't true. I just want someone to press it down so I don't get caught. You so you like walking panini? So you like yeah. our friend Elias here? All right, I like this guy. I like so where now, the leech he's cut. This from. is his father. Yes. Now Elias always had dreams of working in entertainment. Uh, he was talented, but never really worked out. Uh, Elsie's family had a touch of nobility in there. Um, really? Wasn't a lot. This is not royalty. It's nobility. So bloodline doesn't right. mean anything. She probably, you know, her great grandfather probably picked up a shoe for uh, a royal <laughs> person and willy nillied her his way into some money. Anyway. Um, Elias was somewhat of a failure to Ellie's uh, Elsie's family. They were like, eh, he's he's kind of got nothing going on, and he's thirty three, and you're not <laughs> even close to that. You're twelve years younger. Come on, you know, find a different one. But the one thing that Elias had was this fucking looks. Where do you think Archie gets it from? Oh, wow! Fantastic looking man. He was very handsome when you showed me a picture of him. Cary Grant, you're going to have good dreams tonight. I am. I think I like his chin. I like chins. His chin. Uh, his chin basically <laughs> looks like a woman's rear end. Yeah. So oh, that's why I, I like it. It's a beautiful. Cody, you should pull up an image of this yeah, man well, and just fine. stare into it. I wanted I wanted you to like paint a picture, but like people we'll know who Cary Grant is. You're on the you're on the outside by not. I knowing. know. I wanted I wanted you to take me inside. But think about how many people have the chin of of a of a a well proportioned woman, and we just wouldn't know. People are too hairy nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm, that's true. true. Everyone thinks beards. Yeah, he's are handsome in. as fuck. He looks like the actor from Mad Men. Uh yeah, the uh, Don Draper fellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Hams. Jonathan um, Hams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he. Uh, well, the, everyone wanted to be this yeah, guy. Yeah, that look. Then. You know. Uh, so anyway. To continue, sorry, I'm going on tangents here because of the handsomeness. I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> pretend I'm talking about like Whoopi Goldberg or like it is overwhelming or like uh, I don't know someone that's not as 
Danny DeVito. Yeah, I don't want to dwell Steve on Buscemi. their looks. No, he's very handsome. Danny DeVito is very handsome. Don't I wouldn't say Whoopi Goldberg is very that. ugly either, but it's also like, all right, moving along. Elsie was also a beautiful woman. Elsie saw this. Uh, oh, I saw this lovely lady, and he was like, oh, family's got money. That's cool. <laughs> You're hot. Yeah. Okay. I don't really need these dreams anymore. I could just do this dry cleaning shit until her parents die and then have a nice inheritance to eat off of. Who the fuck needs dreams? Isn't that yeah. the dream in itself? Yeah. Well, you just bank your dreams until someone dies and then you have dreams. Right. Now, here. <laughs> dream extra hard. Yeah. Because they go into your dreams. I've seen ghost stories. I watched that Bly Ma- Mansion thing and it was terrible yeah those guy, that guy fuck he loves lesbians and hates stories um <laughs> okay now here's why you read the manual elsie is wealthy she's a sexy piece of ass elias okay. proposes and he he, uh, he proposes to her okay and elsie's like eh. after marriage Elsie leans into her religion so elias is in a sexless marriage oh damn within no time Cause she's like, ah, Ooh. you know, God. It's like you gotta He's ask watching. these questions before we get married. You have to agree yeah. to certain things. I don't get why they're not though. more into sex once they've like got it. Because yeah. he's they're giving you the coochie coo. No, well, but she had this mindset of like, I want to have sex to procreate, and that's it. Mm, and everything uh, needs to be special. And he was dirty, and he smelled most of the time. I'm sure he cleaned up really well. But he was a dirty boy who liked to hang out in bars. And back then, a, a pub in England it made you smell like a, uh, the inside of a goose. So hmm. he, he wasn't really fit for her. She, he, he, she always looked down at him, like right hmm. off the bat, and never put out. So, Damn it. Let's see. so the t- they never spent any time together. She goes out to her churches and Bible meetings and bake sales. And he goes to the bars and pubs and theaters to see vaudeville people. Elsie saw vaudeville and entertainers lives such as Satan's work. Oh, hmm. and she also saw her husband's misadventures as an explanation for the tragic death of their first child, John William Elias Leach. On February 9th, 1899, John was born, and Elsie now had uh, a, a real man, an innocent man in her life. She's like, oh, it's, it's nice. So she's like, I got this boy. But unfortunately, this boy dies of tubercular meningitis a month before his first birthday and elsie like any other mother in her right mind was pretty upset now the blame was uh a little crazy there's conflicting stories here go on so there's a story that goes it wasn't tubercular meningitis uh the boy was cut when she slammed his fingers in a door and then he got gangrenous and died oh and she blamed herself oh or the other story is that he got tubercular meningitis and she blamed it on Elias's behavior. Uh, it was punishment. The consumption. Oh. Yeah. So they didn't talk for a while. But then as you do when you're sexy enough, it doesn't matter. God's <laughs> veil of purity will disintegrate from time to time. And he's going to get in there. And he's going to well, explode. Well, God will guide you. <laughs> yep. So in God 1903. Elsie <laughs> gets pregnante once again. Travis, what were you saying? <laughs> I said God guides you. He's the ultimate fluffer. He'll he grab you ul- by the pee pee, fluff your balls, and insert you. No one else does that. Yeah. It's amazing what he can do 
when you have an imagination. Anyway, he's all holes at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. All of them. So Archibald Leach is born, like I said, January 18th, 1904. Elsie, scared of moral deviation, put the fear of God into this poor fucking kid from day one. Damn it. She had a few Hate misfires that. bringing up little Archie. She would actually fine him for mistakes around the house. Like she'd give him a little allowance from when he was like three. And then if he like spilt milk or something like that, she's like, oh, you owe me money now. Really? Because we don't behave like that. We don't spill milk in this house. Wow. That That's psychotic. Yeah. Where do you think that milk came from? A cow's tit. Mm-hmm. She we can't o- waste. Yeah. Milk <laughs> doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. You been sucking on my titties when you were a baby and that hurt. But that cows had to do it for free. What do you think? This is America? Good point. It's England. It's England. Nothing's free here except the healthcare. <laughs> so, um, this is pretty standard practice, too, back then. She may have done this a little bit longer, but dressing your little boy up like a little girl. Why do people oh. do that? Because they're sick. Um, if you do that, or you know someone who does that, fire them. <laughs> Find a way to get from him. the species. Fire him from the species, right? I, I why was that a thing? I feel like it was such a thing around the turn of the century. Because it, I feel like parents look at their child as like the blank slate, something for them to mold however which way they want. And you know, some parents want a girl, and some parents want a boy so fucking desperately that they'll just be like. Fuck what you got in your pants. You're wearing a dress. Now, I think with the research I've done, I think this woman wasn't on total psychotic mode. I think she liked playing dress up a bit. I don't think Mm. she thought of Archie as a little girl. I think that back then it was okay to not really gender your kid at all, which is fine because they're toddlers. They're not really supposed to. They're just goopy little things. So Uh she just saw these like, extended periods where Elias wasn't in the house as, like, play dates. Uh, so she wanted to have fun with the kid, too. She wasn't all just, like, rules. It was also, hey, well, you know, things. let's let's play the games I like to play. Yeah, We're not going to play Minecraft. We're no, not going to play exist. the fort. We're going to play Dress up. dressing up. Pin the tail on the chihuahua. And by all counts, I mean, kids don't care. Hey, dress up's fun. Yeah, why not? It doesn't matter. So I don't think this really fucked with uh, young Archie as much as some of the sources that I tapped into say it did. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Elias didn't like being home much because Elsie was a raging bitch. I just said this. Yeah, when Archie was yeah, when Archie was five, Elias started bringing him to work with him on Saturdays and then out to the pub later because it's England. That's pretty cool. Of course. A little yeah. bonding. I'm saying, why why don't we do that here? We bring Boy, them to Friday. It stops at mate. Applebee's. It stops <laughs> at Fridays. We can't go to a real place with our kids. Yeah, right. With our kids, as if I'm t- rolling in several children at all times. <laughs> this is some. These are things I will be feeling in the future. Maybe if I feed my Tamagotchis. <laughs> now <laughs> enough. Elias always looked good going out and instilled the importance of quality dress from a young age. Now, he didn't have a lot of money, but he was the kind of guy who'd rather save his money instead of buying, like, a shitty tie. He's going to buy the tie that lasts forever. Okay. Well, I yeah, because the tie is a, just an extension of the penis. No, it's good values. I mean, yeah, uh, Elias right. is a total scumbag, we will find out, but he had some good ideas. As, as future looking. He was no Hitler. You know, he I was, hate when scumbags have good ideas. Yeah, right. I hate that, too. Like, yeah. Fuck. 
I mean, everything we're talking right now, we're using Skype, a platform purchased by Bill Gates. Now tell me uh, he isn't a scumbag. Put microchips in those babies, right? This show is brought to you by scumbags. Yes, microchips in your ear to listen to Roast Mortem to. Wow. <laughs> now, where the heck was I? It's so hard to read off this thing. Yeah, increase the font, Tom. Let's do that. Hold on, everyone. Mike just so hard that. to read off of another device made by Bill Gates. Yeah, I'm using a Bill Gates device. Damn it, Bill. Now, where was I? Here I am. <laughs> Hi. So along with going to the pubs and, uh, and playing checkers, drunk checkers with his son, he also brought him to vaudeville plays and to the music halls. His dad had piqued his interest and his curiosity about the world of entertainment. Within no time, Archie was sitting at the piano at the local pub, banging away, and his father was like, yeah, play that chord. Play this one. Play old McDonald owes me money. Gotcha. So Elsie found out and wanted, uh, she was like, all right, my, my, he can't be the good parent here. I put too many hours into oh. this kid. Like he oh, shows up see, for a little bit. Shining. So she out parents him. So she asks her rich parents to buy uh, a brand new piano for the living room. So Archie could blast around and be like, yeah, this is quality. <laughs> and she stressed, like, I learned classical stuff because come on. And he's like, no, I want to play like ring ting ragtag times. You know, <laughs> I want to play Raggedy Andy music. Bar music. Okay. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, but either way, he did. He was a, a a pretty good piano player his whole life. But as we, we don't know him for his fingers, do we know? I mean, some people know him for his fingers. Oh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know him <laughs> for his fingers. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you, we do know. Do we know? This it, man is this man is a, a finger fanatic. Yeah. He uses. You can see his fingers on the films. If he didn't have fingers. They would be like, what's wrong with Cary Grant? He's that guy without fingers. Yeah. That's true. But then they'd be too overwhelmed by his chin, and they wouldn't even notice. He'd his have chin, his fingers. chin is perfect. Nothing is overwhelming. Yeah. You fall in. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's amazing. Exactly. So his, his playing was good enough that allowed him uh, to get early enrollment at the Bishop Road Primary School. The board was very impressed with his playing. They go, oh. Look at this sweetheart. He's so cute. By the mm. time he was 13, Archie was 6'1 and the most handsome person in England. Wow. Which honestly is not that high of a bar. But yeah. hey, oh. that's number one. I'm joking. That's not Come on, they got Benedict Cumberpatch. They ha- he's not handsome. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's weird looking. He looks like Mike in a funhouse mirror. <laughs> that is true. He's talented. Though. No, I'm kidding. There's there's plenty of very sexy British people. That's but he was just handsome. It's just uh, you can tell from a young age. Look at Chris him. Farley. Look, Chris Farley was from the United States. He was handsome, and he was Via handsome. England, United England. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure. I don't know where you're going with that, but we have. You handsome. Uh, he's very handsome. Yes. Yeah. So most of the time. I just want the rest of the show to be us naming handsome British people. We can make our own podcast series. There's oh, a, hell yeah. There's loads of them. I mean, Graham Chapman was so handsome that he David got Beckham. He, and he got it. You know, he did it. David British, Beckham. Right? He did it. Yeah, he's British. Oh shit. Um, uh, I can't think of any more. The guy uh, Robert Plant, uh, right? He's he's from the Led Zeppelin. He is. Uh, he's, he's a woman. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> 
Abe Lincoln yeah. was pretty hot. He was pretty Abe Lincoln hot. was, was yeah, so smoking. Yeah, crazy. Guys, sorry, I don't want to play this game anymore. I want to tell a story. Okay? Right. Can you get on board? Mm. Yeah. Yes. We'll see. Now, most of the time he's at school, leaving the parents lots of time to hate each other. <laughs> Elias <laughs> smacked her around a bit, and Elsie specialized in asking for it. <laughs> Eventually, Oof. Elias said, fuck it. I'm moving to Southampton to work at a uniform factory. Oh, cool. He couldn't <laughs> afford a divorce, so he just kind of moved. He's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you got someone who's asking for it that much. If you're a man that knows how to press, you're a man that knows how to impress uniforms. Yes. Right? Is that a slogan? You I pressed. Almost you made a joke impressed. there. South no, nice. that's that was making his business slogan. card. That's what it said on his business card. Business card. Yeah. And he had the bigger size one. So yeah. it could fit all that. Oh shit. Yep. Yeah, they were the metal size the metal ones too. Yeah. Those oh, are cool. The sexy ones. The ten dollar business cards, because money is fake anyway. Okay. Elsie had moved to a smaller flat and Elias started a new family. Wow. Gotta start a new family. One day in 1914, Archie came home from school to find his mother wasn't even there. Whoa. Mm. Two of his cousins were living with them at the time, as this was wartime, World War I. Yeah. Uh, one mm-hmm. technique they did back in the time, if you didn't know this, in English households, they had those food ration stamps and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so you could get more if you lived in a like a, a extended family moved in. So a couple cousins lived there and a grandma lived in. They, you know, So he wasn't oh. alone. But... Anyway, mom wasn't there. So mom, he's like, I'm 10. Where's my mom? <laughs> she wanted more burgers for herself. Yeah. Well, on the ration card. Uh, uh, th- this could be true. So what happens is, is that he's walking around. He's starting to panic. And two of his cousins are like, uh, your mom went to a seaside resort. Wink. Oh, what's that? I mean, she's dead. Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> oh. Archie was confused and hurt. He didn't really understand what what what, what had happened. Um, he basically took it as his his mother left, and then eventually it turned into she had a heart attack and died. Oh, so too many of those ration burgers. Yeah, free ration burgers when you're dead. Yeah, she was yeah. the ration. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, Carrie, you want to have this steak, this pork? So crazy, Long dude. Pork. So. Very very sad. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm imagining a, a a child as beautiful as he probably was crying. <laughs> yeah, he's playing the piano, upset and shit. Yeah, yeah like, is that the how tears? the tem- like like the end of an a- anime? Yeah, <laughs> all the credits are rolling and shit. I'm imagining sad. like the tears like funneling down his cleft chin, like as a gutter. <laughs> yeah, is that how the tem started? <laughs> the tem yeah the tem started in 1914. The rich history of the Thames <laughs> didn't exist before then. Nope. Mm-hmm. So he was overwhelmed with guilt at first because he's like, oh, my mom was so stressed out, all these things. I dro- drove her away. I drove her to die somehow because that's what kids do. They don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. They do that. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he went a little Oliver Twist for fun, started stealing shit and acting like a hoodlum. Now, the neighborhood felt bad for him, so they didn't really like tell on him if he came by and stole some bread from a cart. They were like, eh, he's, his mom's dead. Oh, there's Terry stealing our onions again. Yeah, let him be. So uh, one source says he was a good thief, and the other one was just like he didn't steal anything of worth, and no one really cared because they they felt for him. You know, he's a nice kid and tight knit community. It's wartime. They're like, whatever. 
What is he going to do with those raw onions anyway? He's going to eat them raw? He's going to eat them. Well, his grandma was living with him um, in a very cold house. So the neighborhood, like I said, kind of felt bad. They didn't punish him. They even awarded him a scholarship to a nice secondary school at this point. They're like, you can go somewhere now. Now, Archie went to that school in Bristol, but as soon as the summer rolled around, he relocated to Southampton to be with his father. When he asked his dad if he can move in, Elias said, no, I've got a new wife and a kid, and they're taking up all the space, but nice to see you. And he closed the door. Oh, wow. and, now, and now we have an 11-year-old homeless kid. That's really? who we're talking wow. about. He's 11 yes. years old, and you're like, nah, like this, I got new new family, new kids and shit. Yeah, I got a kid I like. I don't know about you. You didn't play oh. piano that well. Wow. That's, that's like Louis up. Armstrong. Yeah. That happened to that boy. Yeah. Yeah, well, you I'd see. Li- I like how they started a collection for just the neighborhood thief because he was that bad at stealing. You know what I mean? He's like, oh. He might have been good. I don't know. Dude, honestly. He couldn't have been because they gave him a pity collection. True. Yeah, that that is true. Also, Uh, this is England. It's not like he has a monkey like in Aladdin that can steal his fruits and vegetables for him. Good point. Not really. There's almost no animals over there that like humans. They got dogs, but a dog will just eat it before it gets back to you. It eats the onion. It dies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah cuz dogs are they're great and all but come on if you're a, if you if you're listening to this show and you're a homeless kid get yourself an apu dude it's a good investment abu if you're a homeless apu. kid and you're listening to us uh reach out maybe we'll maybe we'll <laughs> care for a minute maybe we'll drop this whole shtick yeah, come on the show we'll don't i really hope we don't have any homeless kids listening to us yeesh well if you well. are i'll give you a free monkey Okay, you heard it here. Wow! So he spent. I'm some- a generous man, Tom. Sure are. Now he spent some time in the streets and did some odd jobs, just enough to eat. And uh, like I said, this is wartime, so there are plenty of low-paying jobs from the military. They do, you know. They oh, we got to deliver these blankets to our troops that are going to go die thirty miles offshore. Um, let's get a kid to do it. That's what the jobs were like. All right. Keep All right. Occupied. Good old days. Mm-hmm. No child yeah. labor laws here. And all the stuff like sweeping and painting and shit like that, that all went to kids, too, because all the adults needed to go die 30 miles offshore. Yeah, you had to go learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, after that summer of sleeping on the street and handling uh, handing supplies out to men on their way to die, he went back to Bristol to return to school. And he develops a love for Charlie Chaplin and begins imagining hey. himself living in Hollywood, making movies, and... Uh, Sure, shit, getting out of England. Well, he's got the yeah. he's got the the necessary requirement, the looks, but chin, but mm-hmm. chin, mm-hmm. but but chin. Okay, now here's some shit. Archie met the lead lighting engineer of the Bristol Hippodrome. It's a new theater that they had at the time. I think it's still standing there today. Wow. But the two became friends, and Archie started watching shows from the sideline, seeing how it all worked. The house manager of the Hippodrome also became friendly with Archie. He basically interned there for a bit, pulling curtains and helping set up and break down various show shit. They eventually hired him to be a lighting guy assistant. Then he began operating the limelights. Then the main spots, which was going well. And then one day, a magician with a terrible act. Not like a David Blaine, but like a guy in a cape who you want to kill. You said he had a terrible act, though. 
Yeah, well, it was such a terrible act that young Archie, uh, who was using the spotlight, revealed the wrong side of the stage, which gave away the whole show. Oh, no. Everyone was <laughs> laughing at him. And because no. back then people took magicians seriously, scandal. they fired him. Oh. Wow. The magician was Wait, like, they fired our boy because the magician just had someone standing on the other side of the stage like, he's not there. Yeah, something like that. I don't know exactly what it was. And um, it was at the magician's request. Like, the manager and the, the lighting guy, they didn't give a shit. They, they're like, oh, it's an accident. We're adults. And the magician's like, I'm a 50-year-old child. Fire this kid. Fire got his guarantee. Boy, I'm uh, magician Greg. I say fire the fucker. Right. <laughs> I'm a magician. Wash my teeth. Turn into shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it didn't keep him away long. He started hanging out at other theaters and was even hired back at the Hippodrome on like a gig to gig basis. I think the, the magician was local and he didn't want to see the kid around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he ends up finding a comedy group called oh. Bob Pender's Little Dandies. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds bad. That sounds like an Epstein group. Well, yep. it, it surprisingly wasn't. But <laughs> okay. unfortunately, in 2020, everything sounds like an Epstein group. NSYNC kind of sounds like one now. Does. I don't know. Wait, what is the name of this Pender's Dandy children? Bob Pender's Little uh, Dandies. Bob Pender's Little Dandies. No, that sounds like an Epstein group, even if we were in like 1922. Oh. No, no, it doesn't. So it's a slapstill <laughs> vaudeville uh, group. You know what? You know they do sketches. Marx Brothers think that shit. So okay. So Archie joined up with this uh, traveling company. He was like, "Oh yeah," and Bob Pender gave Bob Pender himself gave Archie a permission slip that Elias needed to sign to take the boy out. So Archie forged the signature, gave it to Bob, and was sent to Norwich to practice with the troop. Ten days later, Elias comes to Norwich looking for his boy. I think he was still keeping tabs on him. Okay. Elias. He wasn't totally absent. He just didn't want him in the house. (laughs) And he didn't have a leash. Fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, a classic case of don't run away with clowns. Uh, Elias threatened to press charges if Archie didn't leave the company. He was only 13 at the time. He lied to Bob Pender. You got to be 14 to do this traveling act, apparently. Oh, wow. Oh, got to be 14, not 13. Yeah, big difference. Big Damn. difference. For, for, he was fucking six foot one at this point. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, right. Archie oh, went man. back to Bristol, never having been once on stage. He only met the practice uh, requirements. He never actually went up there. Very sad for him. But it doesn't matter because he went back to school and was expelled quickly after for a slew of reasons. And then he rejoined Penders with Elias's permission this time with a three-year contract. With a weekly salary, hear this, Mike, 10 shillings and free board. Well, free board's nice. Yeah. 10 shillings, how, how much is that? Like fucking 200 bucks? I don't know. It's not, it's, it, maybe <laughs> maybe $50 today. A week. Yeah, yeah but just, free board. Free board, yeah. yeah, fuck it. Yep. I'm just imagining the scam artist that hands the kid a plank. Free <laughs> board, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> free board. Oh my free board. This one You're has just like my it. dad. <laughs> <laughs> so he traveled with the Pender Touring Company for the next two years, all through throughout the England and throughout some of the, uh, you know, what is that called? Europe. Yes. Yeah. Europe. Europa. 
Right. So this is just after the war. So he's able to get over there and show his uh, fantastic acrobatic skills out, which he has. He got him. He did it. Wait, he's a he's an acrobat. Like he's jumping up and down in France. He's jumping up and down in Belgium. He's jumping up up and down in Germany. Yeah, like scooter. Sick. Wow, jumping all over the world. Bingus. Now, when he turned sixteen, the company was invited stateside by famous uh, Charles Gillingham, the New York theater impresario. A man who I couldn't find shit about online, but apparently was Oscar Hammerstein's number one competitor at the time. I guess Hammerstein just snubbed him out of history. <laughs> Fuck. He hammered him. Man. I found a few things. It was just it was interesting that the the book I was reading had talked about him so much and then I really didn't find much online about him. Mm-hmm. Either way. Nobody Fucking nobody. That guy's a nobody. He's a nobody. He's Does, does he even shit. have a Wikipedia? He doesn't does even have a podcast. Have... Well, nobody. Fucking nobody. Yeah. Wow. Has he even been on Joe Rogan? I don't think so. Fucking nobody. Yep. So either way, Archie was in the States. Amazing. Congratulations for him. He made it. Hey. Yeah. Freedom. Where did he land in? Where is he in the States? Well, he landed Storm. in New York. Oh, in New York. All right. So check this out. The troop traveled on the RMS Olympic which was the Titanic sister ship. That's scary. Oh, that one. Yeah. So they, they hit that shit up July 21st, 1920. On board. So it was after Titanic boy fell into the water. Yeah, I guess Olympic was running. I mean, the uh, not Olympic. Yeah, it was the Olympic. I guess Olympic was running just fine. No icebergs. Went a little south. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to watch out safe. for coconuts and oysters down there. Yeah, which... Uh, they're not really going to take you down. They're just going to give you a nice rum drink. You ever hit a coconut, Tom? I have. Where'd Hurts. you hit it? My foot, my big toe. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. Hurts. I fell. And that's how the Atlantic, the, the, the Titanic fell. It hit an iceberg and fell into the ocean. Stubbed its toe and fell. Yeah. 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 You stub a toe hard enough, you're dead. That is true. So on board of the Olympic was famous actor Douglas Fairbanks and his new wife, Mary Pickford, who were returning to the States from their long-ass honeymoon, as actors do. That's cute. Which This was a huge press stink at the time. So there were reporters on that ship that were just trying to take the journey so they could take pitches and hang out with Douglas Fairbanks. It's great. It's great. It's great. Now, Archie was able to get his photo taken with Douglas Fairbanks, and the two talked for a little bit, and Fairbanks actually invited Archie to join him for his morning workout one day. Oh, what's that? Get swole with me, boy. Yeah. So Archie was inspired by this man's attention to his muscles. He was inspired by his attention uh, that he was getting from other people and the glamour, and that was his first taste of celebrity. He was like, whoa, why do so many people care about you? Why do I care about you? Doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing is what I'm going to be doing. Celebrity. Wow. Do you, what do you think his strongest muscle was? Uh, Douglas Fairbanks or Archie? Uh, well, Douglas Fairbanks is then Archie would have that muscle as well. Oh, uh, it's a great Blues. question, Mike. What do you think? You're the most uh, the most athletic of us. Yeah. I think his, his buttocks or his glutes. His glutes. The most, uh, glutes. The strongest. Good core muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Penders were in the States, in New York, to be clear, uh, to open for some guy named Fred Stone. 
There was a little meetup that went pretty well after they got off the boat, but the next day, Fred Stone walked into the Broadway Globe Theater where they were to be performing to see them practice and demanded they be removed from the bill. <laughs> they were too fucking good. And I guess Fred Stone, uh, I mean, I've never heard of this guy, so he couldn't have been that good. You've got all these really famous men that just like don't even exist in history. It's so weird because <laughs> like... Let's put a little perspective on this, okay? Sure. These people didn't do that much. They got famous. They did it. Yeah. The same way a lot of people just get famous today. Like one-hit wonder kind of people. Everyone's a one-hit wonder. They don't want to think that. And the the face tattoos would imply otherwise. But (laughs) they're a bunch of idiots. It's, yeah, uh, but my tick my tick to talk got thousands of views. I am a <laughs> yeah. smoothie starred. Yes, I got endorsed by Four of Loco. Oh, that's a sick sponsor. Wow. <laughs> you you would like that sponsor? Oh my god, you just go to sleep every night after one of those things. All right. Okay, Mike. We'll work on that for you. Four Loco sponsored Mike. I mean, you're taking it back. No, I'll take it. You you need to Four Loco. You need to get endorsed by a a vocal microphone coach. Yes, someone who's (laughs) going to tell you how to talk into a microphone. What do you mean? Doing a good job. I just had to move the mic in front of your face. Everyone heard that. I got I got ADD. I can't sit still. Move the mic with you. Let's attach it to his head. We need a mic attachment uh, <laughs> sponsor of sorts. I don't know what company that is. Maybe it's just Staples. We need enough tape. We need enough yeah. loose tape. Tape it to my face. You're, you You said that looking away. <laughs> you realize that, right, Mike? Yeah. Oh, that's, Sorry. It's fine, Mike. Apologize. I forgive you. It's fun. It's part of the show. You know, really, it's the, the passing. Of the Mike's voice. working. Mike's always busy working his glutes. But back to the glute men. <laughs> back to glute men. So this guy, this guy Fred Stone, that no one's ever going to remember. He uh, he felt that he was going to be overshadowed by the routine. So Charles Gillingham, who financed the their arrival, he booked them in another theater, the New York Hippodrome. This guy loves drums. I guess that was Let's the largest show. That was this was the largest theater in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. He had a variety show that was booked there called The Good Times Review. And The Good Times Review was just a giant sloth of people, you know, with elephants and um, in boxes and clowns. I don't know. It was just like, a, you know, two hours of just stupid shit. Um, but that's what people liked back then. Like Circus it, LA shit. People yeah, like two hours of stupid shit now. Yeah. It's just a different type. Watch on TV. Have you yeah. ever seen like the, the 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 act that is just match matchbox juggling? No, no. Like it's it's just such a weird vaudevillian act of like a gentleman juggling like three matchboxes. I don't I I don't know where to take it from there. That's, what about cup that's all it is. Cup stacking is like the new age like version of that. I feel Mike. That and that bottle flip. You remember when people were uh, doing that bottle flip? That's, that's still a good one. Is know, it? When you got a water bottle. <laughs> tell me more. Like, tell Poland me more. Springs, sponsor Mike Regan. And you're at like a quarter. You know, you got a little quarter left you know, water. You just flip it around. Riveting. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so totally they, invented, they invented the circus peanut here. Right. So yeah. now we have Gross. we had the review. So now the, the, uh, the old penders, they're part of this review. The review ran for nine months, then embarked on a vaudeville circuit up and down the East Coast. Wow. During this time, our boy Archie 
was able to watch the Marx Brothers perform. Ooh. Before their movie making times. Years. This is the 1920s. Oh, live action? Yeah. Yeah. CG didn't exist back then, Mike. Wait. Did, well, now, what's that? Was Travis? This, was this when they were doing Marx on Ice? No, it was just before Marx on Ice. Uh, okay. Yeah, they had to do the movie deal first before Marx on Ice. Yeah, you got to get in there. You got to do some monkey business. How come there's. I feel like more shows should go on ice. How about this one? Roast Mortem on Ice. Roast yeah. Mortem on Ice. I want to go ice skating. I'll do it. I'll do this show on ice. <laughs> That'd be fun. That's You'll cool. see me. You'll see me out there be pretty upset that, uh, you know, the way I'm doing it, but you'll like what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, Archie cool. found the, the Marx Brothers. He found them amazing. And if you're not familiar with the Marx Brothers, they're, they're very funny. <laughs> they're really funny. They're yeah. not like. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're, they're not like Three Stooges. Like, oh, it's pretty funny. Like, they are funny. Hey, all the time. Don't talk shit about Three Stooges. I like Three Stooges. But we can all admit that when you put the same joke into every single cartoon. It gets funnier I mean, every time. Yeah, don't knock our show, Tom. What do you mean? This is all original <laughs> fun material. We don't even have inside jokes. Smooth brain. Yeah. Okay. I'm moving <laughs> along. <laughs> so Cary Grant at the time, he kind of based his look that he was into off of Zeppo Marks, believe it or not. The least known yeah. Marx Brothers. Oh, Zeppo Marx. Oh, yeah. okay. He's like the least of the Marxiest, you know? That's he's, true. He's the, the least funny, he's but he was a straight man. Oh. And he had a couple zingers every now and then, but mostly he just sang like Maurice Chevalier, and he stood, I just sounded like my grandma, um, <laughs> just hanging out like Maurice Chevalier. Uh, yeah, Cary Grant saw the value in this. He saw the value in the straight man. He was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> so to move along, I think we've been on that a little bit too long. After the tour, Penders was ready to go home. Now he was surprised to find out that most of his troop wanted to stay in America, try to make real money. Yeah, but they're probably missing their HP sauce, dude. It's a brown sauce. America That's only delicious. got red sauce and white cheddar soup. I mean, none of these, <laughs> all, spoiler, no one starved to death. All right, well, that's surprising because I know English people need to have their brown sauce. Yeah. Well, they're just it's just dry toast. They eat. <laughs> <laughs> so the epitome Penders, of English cooking. Brown sauce. What kind of sauce? It's like ketchup Gravy. with dirt in it. That's what they the English love. Yeah, a little sauce. bit of sawdust in there. Yeah, just it's brown, good. dude. It's the flavor flavor of brown. It's it is the flavor of brown. It's delicious. I I like that dirt. I I don't mean to speak ill of British cuisine. So Carrie's giving her Archie. Archie's giving up the uh, brown dirt. Yeah, he's giving it up. He's like, I'm <laughs> staying here. And he talks to Penders, and Penders is a nice dude. And he gave all the people who wanted to stay there the equivalent of their travel money and a little extra to help them settle in. I what also a nice love, man. I love the fact that this is back in the day when you're like, oh, you want to just live in America? Sure, do it. Or yeah. like, you want to just live in Europe? Sure. Well, back then, it was like uh, everything is expensive now, you know? Like, it mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. The, the cost of living is stupid, for lack of a better term. Like, you, there's yeah, no but freedom. There's, also, there's no mobility. There's, there's, there's also no idiots running after you like, where's your paperwork that I need to see? I need to see a paperwork and W-2s. Regardless of that, I can't, I can't easily pack up and move to a cheaper place in the States. Canada? Or North Dakota. Maybe. North Dakota, I can move. Well, yeah. choose any place, right? 
I, it's hard to move there. Yeah. If you're not finding it, I'm going to shut up now. I'm not trying to be preachy. Everyone lives. Okay. All right. So everyone's alive. Everyone knows these things I'm saying. Why am I, why am I saying it? I've had drinks. That's why I'm saying it. Shit was different back then. Shit was fucking. It was cooler back then. Yeah. And by that, it was more real. There was a lot more hate in people's hearts. Yeah. But <laughs> there was a little wiggle room. <laughs> it was it was hateful but real back then. It was real. It was yeah, like, now it's damn. now we now we have something worse than hate. Yeah. Which is which is uh brainwash. Which, which is compassion. Ridiculous, Too much compassion. Ridiculous paperwork. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> moving along. Now we have Cary Grant loose in America. He splits <laughs> from the rest of the group, explores New York City, but by the fall of nineteen twenty two, he was broke and he didn't really have a job. So he moved in with a friend, R.E. Kelly, who was involved in the world of set design for Broadway. Oh, that's cool. Oh. That's cool. Now, R.E. Kelly was a brave character. I'll tell you why. Did you want to know? Let's hear it. Okay. Yeah. Now, he was an openly gay man. Oh, well, I didn't do that. And in the 1920s, people liked to not like gays. That was their thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. they were just like this. <laughs> Way to Very dance entire, around yeah, that. I can see that. Very hateful. As, we were saying As I mentioned before, yeah, a lot of hate. Yeah, yeah. even so, on Broadway. So this is a gentleman who's brave, okay? He comes out, he's just like, I am this, I'm this kind of man. I'm going to go work here where they accept Fuck. me more. Yeah, I say so. Post-mortem to this boy. We're going to talk more about this later. All but right. there, there's the reason there's so many like scandals involving like bisexuality and Hollywood and stuff like that is that because people were so up mm. their own penis holes. About other people's bed stuff. Now, yeah. a straight guy is always going to think the term suck a dick is funny. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, doesn't mean you're hateful. You know, that, mean, that doesn't mean you yeah, shouldn't mean, do it. Like, yeah, Back the, then, there was a lot of hate. You know, yeah. there wasn't that yeah. freedom. So a man like Artie Kelly coming out and going, I'm, a, I'm gay and fuck you. That's good guy. Brave. Good guy in my book. So these two were probably in somewhat of a relationship. Wait, they didn't have uh, bunk beds? They, they the may Murphy have slept beds. on top of each other, but the furniture <laughs> no might have been not a bunk bed. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cary Grant, throughout his entire career, is uh, he's got to be at least bisexual. Okay. There's a lot of rumors going around, but he's private. He's a private guy. We don't know exactly what he's doing. What we do know is that he did like the company of the men. To what extent, we're still finding out. And by that, I mean the door's closed. It doesn't matter. Or if they're sleeping head to toes. You don't know. They might be. And I respect yeah. that, too. Uh, I respect every direction bed. you want to sleep. <laughs> take care of yourself. He, he was out one night and had cuddle for warmth. <laughs> well, either way, you got these two guys, and they're sleeping together, and they're probably kissing. You know, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> now, the reason I, I, I bring that up and I bring up the fineness of it is because in one of my reference books here it's called Cary grant a biography the author mark elliott really rails into grant's sexuality okay nothing really scandalous happens he's not like a marlon brando type who like rapes people in their sleep or whatever he did <laughs> yeah but this <laughs> guy mark it. elliott the guy who writes his book like he writes the book as if he's some kind of gay icon oh. which i do take issue with because he seemed to just not really want to speak out about it that much and we'll find out down the line hmm. that like he's he, he carrie grant is a fluid perfect man 
He's just doing whatever he wants. I mean, right? there's a lot of people that like his chin or his cheeks or the weird little dot on his face. Right. Could so be I men. didn't appreciate. It could be women. Exactly. So I didn't appreciate this this um, fellow writing all these these things that like how maybe not gay icon, but it was like there was so much focus on it. Right. Yeah. That I was like, I, I was definitely turned off to this guy's writing because he wouldn't fucking shut up. <laughs> anyway, Archie auditions for all kinds of roles on Broadway shows. Although he's handsome and athletic, they found his English accent appalling. Who doesn't? <laughs> I think that's got character, and he, this one's got a well, accent like that. When you're trying to act on the on an English stage, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I would. I would have cast him. All right. I would have. Nine hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Nine hundred thousand. We don't even know what age is because it's nineteen twenty-two. <laughs> but we're singing right. That's what you do. So you got you got this guy who's basically built to play the role of any sexy character, perhaps any straight man character. He's he's mm-hmm. good to go. Mm-hmm. He's not getting hired though. So what he does is that he gets some male escort work. Yeah. Okay? Oh yeah, baby. We're talking about the rich ladies. Mm. Mm. Now, the, now the dirty theater had a big overlap in the 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 ladies who had all the money, and uh, you know want to be seen out on the town in 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 the Broadway area when Broadway was more than just um. How would I say it? The Lion King. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinky boots. When it was still dirty and uh, 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 a terrible these, place, yeah, these theater creatures, Jeez. right? So do these people, like these these ladies who would hire him, you know, their spouses are basically costumes. Your wife's and your husband's today are basically costumes. Why not switch it up if you have the money? Rent yeah. some jewelry, i.e., a tall, dark, and handsome man. Mm. Oh. I like this philosophy, and also you don't need to wear wild animal, dead wild animals on your head to get said man. You just gotta have the money to pay him up front. No need to put a raccoon. No need to put a buffalo on your head. Just pay him money. Taking notes, Mike. Yeah, fucking mental note. You'd be a great escort. Yeah, you want to go on a date? Yeah. Well, not for me. Not. <laughs> I don't want to go on a date on my cousin. What do you mean? It was, it was on a, your cousin? Oh, you wait. Date? oh, I, I heard you wrong. That's what happened. No, I'm hey, going on a date. <laughs> I thought you should... it doesn't matter. They're two friends, though. They it's date, a friend date. date yeah, friends. of course. Friend date. It's 2020. You don't have to have sex. You just look at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> what, what made this so crucial of a period for Cary Grant's life is that he was able to observe the manners and behaviors of the wealthy people, something he didn't really have much exposure to. to. He used a lot of this in his later acting roles. You know, he got all sexy and was like, "Oh, I know the the finer things in life." He did a, he did this escorting bit for a while, so he's he knew how they wanted to hear it, what was coming out of his mouth. So one night while bopping around in some upscale party, he met a fellow named George Tello Jr. Hmm. After a couple drinks with this fellow George, he confessed to him that he wasn't really the high society type, but rather an out of work actor and a stilt walker. Oh. Oh, cool. Mm. Now, Tillo's just like, uh, <laughs> I might have some work for you. That's a quote. 
So Tillo's uh, family, they owned an amusement attraction on Coney Island. So the next day, Archie had a job wearing a sandwich board on stilts on the middle of Coney Island, which was definitely a hot step down for Archie, but at least he had a job. (laughs) Was he selling hot dogs? He was he was selling hot dogs on stilts. Hey, why didn't he want to be an escort? He just thought he just said he was an escort. No, he's mu- no, no, he was multiple gigs. You know, like uh, when you're an escort, it, was, it wasn't the- like constant thing. Wasn't yeah, like- no, you there's get- no such thing as a full time escort, Mike. Those were called <laughs> whores, uh, and they're they're hardworking people. But his asshole only stretches so much. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, like yours or mine. so I'm just thinking here, though, if you're gonna sell hot dogs, you know those guys that have like the. You know, like the mobile hot dog things where they got the strap and the grills in front of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Like you see at football games or something. Mm-hmm. If you're on stilts, dude, and somebody orders when you just drop it straight down, falls in their gullet, right down into their stomach. No bites. More more hot dogs to go, dog. What if I want to catch with mustard at the fucking... Catch it. Well, that's well. That's why you have you have like nipples on your knees, <laughs> and they can squeeze the mustard. <laughs> Out and so it like hits him in the mouth. Like a condiment fucking kneecap. Yeah, condonies oh. rice. I don't know. <laughs> so Gillian, you remember that guy Gillingham who who brought the 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 people over, the the acrobats sure. over, oh, the yeah. Penrith yeah. folks. So now he's getting a new show together, and it's called Better Times. Oh, Very creative last name. Yeah, this is fucking like, what was the last name? Like, Good fucking, times. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Good time, good times too. Better times on a metric scale. Better is definitely better than good. Um, Archie got the old crew back together for one last stilt routine, which they all <laughs> auditioned for Gillingham. Uh, he they were hired on the spot. Gillingham was just like, "You did so good the last time, boys and girls. Let's do it again." So they did that show for about six months, and then Archie convinced the rest of the troop to stick around and form their own independent troop. So they agreed, and they were bought on to other touring circuits. Now, mm. one of these circuits took him. Where do you guess, uh, Travis? Where do you think? Uh, the city of sh- children. City of Lost Children at Los Angeles. Yes, exactly. So now he's in L.A. Now, ah! big time, now. dude. He is flying. So he lost. Welcome to LA. This was like when L.A. was. Yeah, it was definitely like rapey and stuff like that. But it Hollywood wasn't land? as bad. Yeah, it was Hollywood Land era. You know. Yeah. Cool. Mike contributing. Yeah. See that? He's got the juice. All right. So at one of his shows that he's performing with, Douglas Fairbanks, the famous actor from the boat, he recognized young Archie in the paper. I'd recognize that buttocks anywhere. Yeah. So Fairbanks, you've been working on your glutes, boy. I can tell. <gasps> yes, I have been. Thank you for that. Or uh, yes, I've been. Thank you very much for asking. That's how he probably <laughs> talked at the time. Mm-hmm. Fairbanks invited Archie over um, to the set of his latest production. He was amazed. Firstly, Archie was amazed that he recognized him. It was just like, you remember? He's wow. like, Douglas Fairbanks was a very gracious celebrity. He was a real deal. He's just like, I like to act for the people. I like to talk to people. <laughs> so that's what he did. He's a thespian. So Archie, uh, Archie goes and checks out this movie that Fairbanks is working on. He's just like, oh, fuck. I got to do this. It's called Two Girls, One Cup. What? Yeah. I gotta stop dancing on ladders. Yeah, that's for fools. Yeah, I gotta get in the movies. 
This shit is sick. His first even part in movies was right. a stilt walker. You know, it's fun, too, because, like, he invited him by, and then he actually hung out with him on set. He was just like, I'm the star here. This is my guest. Everyone meet mm. my guest. He, wow. he walks on his hands. Uh, excuse me, Douglas, why is your guest eight feet tall? Oh, so he's oh, on he's stilts wearing, in the movies. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I he just don't decides know. to wear stilts all the time. He's a method actor. I he don't was, even know if we've invented that yet. He was actually, uh, there was some misinformation spread here, according to Mike. Uh, oh. I don't think he actually wore stilts in movies, but he did wear stilts when he was. Uh, Cody said that before. His first gig was stilts in a movie. Have you ever trusted Cody before? Look Would at this face. Now? Never trust it. when he does, said that. Does like, oh, he look shit. at all like Cary Grant? <laughs> Not bit. handsome. That, that chin. Get the lost chin. in He's it got over the chin. here. Nah, that's why he grew that goatee thing. He's growing a butt chin. Get him. <laughs> growing a butt chin. My worst so- nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so Archie's troop, they finish their L.A. show. And they head back to New York. And dreaming about L.A., Archie's like, I'm, I'm going to make these films. So he goes back to New York for a bit. He's got it. He's got nowhere else to go. He starts escorting again. Oh, nice. Is it? I mean, for him, I mean, actually, nah, maybe. Yeah. Dude, so, I think it's I great, think dude. That. So while he was over there, he's got this, this escorting thing going on. And the other gig he picks up, which is kind of funny, I didn't know was a thing. Apparently in movie theaters in the 1920s, between the shows, the, the, the actual movies, they used to have people just dancing. <laughs> on like cool. Just, I don't know, like movies come out. Like now we have Eminem rapping at us, thanks to... Yeah. Uh, Kardashian science and shit. Yeah, but yeah, between all the movies, there would just be people dancing. She was real back then. You had to interact with people in the movie theater. You could throw an egg at him. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. Someone. Yeah. Back so then. Cary Grant was one of those guys. He got a job dancing between movies. That's cool. I wanna. I want that job now. I, it sounds like fun. I'm not saying it. I, I just. I but never heard I, of it. Well, I think. I think nowadays it would be more of like a home subscription service. So you would pay for your Netflix subscription. And then you'd pay the extra $5 and I'd come to your house and dance while you were not watching Netflix. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, baby. Okay. (laughs) You want to play Netflix? I want to go home. Yeah. Sir, are you sure you want this package? You're on food stamps. I don't know. There's extra $8 a month. <laughs> what kind of dance is it? He's just like shaking around. It was him. It was a guy girl duo, and they oh. just did a little jazz, you know, ragtime dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the old old school shit. Right. So now Archie, he's he tries to get more roles and stuff. Vaudeville is still very alive at this time. There's still there's the movies, but the features aren't like the big hit yet. Mm. So he gets some roles in some vaudeville sketches, playing the straight man, of course, because he's on that Zeppo tip. Mm-hmm. And while he enjoyed playing these roles, the directors of these were actually wary in hiring him because he looked too handsome to play the dumb schmuck. Wow. Wow. Imagine being Wait, you're telling me this guy can't walk and eat bubblegum? He could probably walk and eat lobster dinners. <laughs> he, he, that he, takes talent. He that. could probably job, jog and eat a six-foot hero. Wow. <laughs> In one bite. Yep. Because he had that much body. Okay? Is that good looking? He could do that? He could do that. And he'd get away with it. <laughs> Actually, I, like through- how, I like how in Mike's mind, there's like a handsomeness requisite to eat a six foot sub sandwich. Like I someone like will come in and knock it out of your hands if you're not good looking yeah, enough. Maybe this handsome to eat like that. Well, to ride the let's, ride. let's be fair. I don't mean to sound hateful. Maybe I am hateful. 
but I don't mean to sound it. There are times when I see someone who really needs to be on a diet, perhaps they're on a rascal scooter, and when they're yeah. eating something, I feel it would be best to hurt them. <laughs> well, like, what are we talking like, about? Like smack a, them? How, smack how them? badly? Or like, what about smack the food out of their hands? Like, you shouldn't eat this. Well, that's part of it. Like, you know, like a punch, a, a side punch from the, like a vulgar display of diet. That's for the Pantera fans, okay? Yeah, Random acts of diet. shouldn't tease them because they'll start eating more. Well, it's not about teasing them. It's about hurting them for their own good. Get that out of your mouth. You know when you do that to a dog, when a dog picks up something and you fucking, and you put your hand in their mouth and you want to you rip it out? That's what I want to do to some of those people. Yeah. Cary Grant <laughs> is the opposite of that. Anything he wants to eat, caviar uh, to, to Taco Bell. Amazing. Want a full metal well, jacket him with the soap, bars, bars of soap and shit. Look, Mike, I don't, I don't mean it. I got preachy, guys. I'm drinking. Well, you, you know, know what? I think that everyone should eat heroes once a day. I think so. Too. A, That's a good idea, he- Travis. I think a hero day keeps the diabetes at bay. It's not how that works at all. It could be a yeah. very healthy hero. Yeah. He let us well, I- What's your favorite just- hero, Mike? We're going to oh. take a tangent, and our that's, audience that's, is going to turn it. it off right now. A hot hero? I'm going to go with a Manhattan. With with gravy, oh to- my toasted. God. That's old school. Are you like fifty? Good one. I think Mike, <laughs> I, I really think Mike is like like sixty two in disguise. That one, that's such a His good knees sandwich. are falling apart. He it wants is, it is a good sandwich. Yeah, look, he's, he's an know, old soul. That's in Manhattan. You, you know, Tom, you're hitting on a real sore subject here for America. We have a obesity epidemic, and the one solution no one's tried: uh, government subsidized heroes for everyone. I thought look Travis at Jared. Was, yeah, don't Jer- look at Jared. <laughs> no, don't look at him. <laughs> Never That's not look a good at example, Jared. Dude. Jared did a great, good job. Lost all that weight. He's yeah, if you're looking Mike. on those metrics, what is how? How does his body look? Subway? No, not Subway. We need Manhattans for everyone. Yeah, that is true. We should. Uh, yeah, I back that 100. percent You know what? I'll eat. I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not any better than anyone. Except Travis. I'm just saying. There's no subs. I miss those. I, Mike, uh, stop giving fucking commercials to sub sandwich places, you hungry right, we, fuck. Oh, no, sponsorship we need to continue. This is ridiculous. This is terrible. So anyway, we got we got <laughs> Cary Grant, who's still Archibald Leach at this time. In 1927, after two years of grinding and escorting, ex, uh, uh, escorting. Yeah, I got you. Ar- Archie got a role at Reggie Hammerstein's musical Golden Dawn. <laughs> Ah, I know what you said, but I heard dong. Yeah, me too. Actually, I think I said dong. But that was his escorting service. Yeah, that was a stage name. Dong, (laughs) which then snowballed into another uh, few, a few more personally financial, but short-lived roles on Broadway for him. So by 1929, he's making a fair amount of money. But if you know your history, 1929, what happens then, Mike, in America? End of the Roaring Twenties. Why was it the end of it? Oh, uh, the Great well, Depression. Thank you. Hey! Yeah, we Mike. go. No money time. You're retarded. I know you're not retarded. I'm keeping your toes. You smoked too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to make sure you're here. It's my, I'm here. I know you know this things. Mike, what happened in 1931? Free Manhattan sandwiches for everyone. They were doing that back then. They didn't have anything to give out. Yeah, no, 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 no. You got to know your history. Just the gravy they're giving out. Just the gravy, which was made out of newspapers. (laughs) 
I'd go for Manhattan right now. It's so bad. We know you would go for a Manhattan <laughs> oh, right now. Man. We're going to go get Subway sandwiches after this. Oh, okay. So he did a little play called Nicky in 1931, and it didn't last very long. But Ed Sullivan of the New York Daily News and future television programmer, uh, programmer, <laughs> uh, host, whatever, I, I took bad notes here. He wrote a review in his fucking newspaper about how Archie was fucking hot and had the... <laughs> future in movies he had the future it wasn't he had a future he was the future Ooh, ooh. now paramount's casting studio in astoria got wind of archie and they uh they brought him in for a little bit part one day kind of thing now this is technically his first film i think he was an extra i don't even know what it is i had so much research to do doesn't matter but what i do know is that his friend Artie kelly who he was kind of on off of with you know him yeah he was oh, living out in Hollywood. He was now living in Hollywood. Oh, shit. Because Switched he up. got hired by Warner to work as a set designer in their studio. So there you go. Archie's like, I'm out of here. I did one thing in a movie. I got Ed Sullivan telling me I'm the best. Hey. It's time to go. Manhattan's for everyone. Gotta start new things. Exactly. So Paramount is in dire need for a new leading man. They had a slew of box office disappointments. And I think we talked about this before on the show, but back in like the 30s and even up until like the 60s, um, studios would gain exclusive rights to actors to keep them on payroll. I know we talked about this with Marlon Brando. Uh, if you're new to the show, namaste. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn was like, a, about Hepburn, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, the one that yeah. we did. Yeah. All these golden, uh, the golden era of Hollywood people, they had exclusive contracts. Uh, with studios and they could go work with another studio but the 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 studio that owned the, their contract would would get like a cut of it and it kind of ah. made it so it was in-house so paramount this is who we're dealing with now they're still around i don't know if you've heard of them they have they need a new man so they're they're out there looking for their new their new boy wait do they find jackie chan eventually uh, all right. but that's later okay don't spoilers now, once in Hollywood, he was he was swept into the fold by Paramount founder B.P. Schulberg. He invited Archie over for dinner somehow, you know, just through a meeting and yada, yada, yada. And then the next day had him do a screen test with his own goddamn wife. Oh, so he's like, hey, come over. My my, my wife is making noodles tonight. Uh, you want to have some noodles? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, mister. I'm real hungry. <laughs> and then he <laughs> comes over. He's like, boy, mister, these noodles are so good. So you want to do a scene with my wife? It's like, I've already been an escort, mister. It's like, all right, do a scene with my wife right now. Do it right hired. now. I have noodles for you. You ever have a, a noodle before that was like um, so limp that it wasn't enjoyable? Like, like it's disintegrated it's, in your yeah. mouth? Yeah, it's not al dente. It's like Steve dente. Steve dente. Unpleasant taste. It's not good. So anyway, um, I'm just letting you guys know now that while we are taking a lot of time discussing the buildup of Cary Grant, the finest mm-hmm. man, Handsome. this is not a long script. This sounds like it's going to be it's a long good. script. I'm just letting you know. I see it in your face. You look, you look tired, Grant. Mike. No, I'm fucking here. All right, good. I love when you're here, man. I love this. I'm I, fucking, want, I missed you. This guy is so sexy <laughs> right now. I'm fucking can't, can't stop thinking about his fucking butt chins. So fuck it. <laughs> oh, he would have liked wow. it. He okay. went there. So. Schulberg, after the, uh, the, the, the screen test, he invites Archie into his office, and he's just like, I'm going to sign you for a five-year deal, but I got one condition. You know that name of yours? 
Archie Leach sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, do- it does. <laughs> it's a gross yeah. ass fucking name. Yeah, Leach. Like what the fuck? It's terrible. So, um, I believe that they they took his name Carrie from the role that he was playing. I think the the character in Nikki that he was discovered in that character was named Carrie Lockwood. Okay, they took the Carrie, but they were like Lockwood's. It's a mouthful. So they went with Grant because that was just a thing. Well, so now we have Cary Grant. He exists now. He's born. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sex, hey. sex in a bottle. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't in The Lion King because then there would have been like Mufasa Abraham right. or Mufasa Lincoln. Yeah, right? Oh. That, that, oh. Yeah, that doesn't go. Now, he gets his contract. And Cary gets a little weird. He's not terribly weird. I'd still keep him in good company. He's worth it. Yeah. Uh, he's worth every dime. So... Carrie's obsession with his looks takes over. He showers three times a day. Oh, no. He's staring into the mirror for hours working on his facial expressions. Mm. He wants to, like, really make sure he's got that on lock. Your face is a muscle, just like your anus. So it's good to work it out every now and then. But ten minutes a day. day. Do you ever do face kegels? Face kegels, right? Um, What's that? You, like, fucking scrunch your face or some shit? You just pretend you're giving a blow jerk. Oh. Right. You just pretend you're oh, oh, oh. if you don't like men, <laughs> you just pretend it's Cary Grant. Hey. Um now the one of the weirder things was that he started brushing his teeth. Like what a fucking weirdo. No, but a lot. Oh creep. Like this like is too much. He, he always had he always had his um brush and a little toothpaste. I think they had like powdered toothpaste back then, because it was the nineteen twenties. They didn't have any extra liquid. Oh, like cocaine in it too, possibly, possibly. But he was the kind of guy he smoked twenty packs. He, he smokes twenty cigarettes oh, a day, shit. and he brushes you know his teeth every time. Do you know what this smells like to me? What's because it? he's like satiating oral fixation with smoking and frequent like teeth brushing. This sounds like bulimia. He never gets bulimic. It sounds like it though. Yeah, like, I, I know what you mean because. I mean, OCD with like smell the smell. Everyone should, yeah. Well, everyone should brush your teeth all the time. But when you're bulimic, you know, you're just throwing up all the time. So you got to brush your teeth more. And then, oh, I'm sorry. I meant anorexic. Oh, Oh, so just not eating. Yeah. So like he's tricking his mind into thinking he's eating by satiating a lot of oral fixation via smoking and teeth brushing. No, you know what? He picked up a nasty drinking habit, but everyone does in Hollywood. Uh, that, it's a requisite. Yeah, as as you pour yourself scotch. Oh, I too, I would love to be considered the Cary Grant of podcasting. Can we do that, guys? Yeah, Slancha. Yeah. yeah, nobody's buying that. But that was a sympathy. Yeah, yeah. This is a yeah. this is a podcast. Yeah, All right, um, yeah. hold on. <laughs> Serious note: This is a podcast called Roast Mortem. No one could make fun of me just now. Yeah, nah, dude. Do. Yeah, I do. I do. It's all you. That's that feels terrible. No one was allowed to. Uh. What would you want well, to just, say? I'm just saying, Tom. You want to come over for some noodles later? Shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, I, um, no, I'm just surprised that no one made fun of me when I said that. We love you, Mike. Make fun <sighs> of Tom. Fuck. You're in the uh, room. I don't want it anymore. It's fine. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> leave all that in so you could see what I'm dealing with. <laughs> Sorry, I had a few drinks. I gotta bring this back in. <laughs> okay, Let's see. Uh, right, so he's brushing his teeth. 
<laughs> all right. <laughs> That's what he's doing now. So the man brushes his teeth all the time, and he's trying to like change his personality up. So he buys himself a dog, too. And uh, what seems to be the beginning of a strange identity crisis, he names the dog. Carrie. Archie. Archie. Oh, Archie. That's right. Archie Leach, full name. Oh, he gets the whole The Leach part, too. Oh. Yep. That's weird. That's for, first role in 1932 is uh, This is the Night as a supporting character who's basically a cuck. Oh, all right. Oh, wow. Grant was pretty upset after seeing the final cut of the film. He felt like that. Uh, no, it's not like, you know, he's not like cucking in the room. It's like, you know, the, oh, you what a know it's just going on in the background. He gets his mm-hmm. wife stolen from him. Uh, and he's like, well, that's sad. how the movie ends. You know, he's not like. He's pretty optimistic. <laughs> he's like an optimistic guy. Like it's just... No, Mike, he's a cuck. Oh. He's a. Did you ever watch Othello, Mike? Or see Othello? Or read Othello? Othello. Sounds familiar. That's that video game, right? Uh... It was a board game. Was it was a board game, Othello? No, ne- never maybe, mind. Maybe I see it, I'll know it. I'll it's, show one it with, it's one with all Desdemona. the cards. And you got to rack all the cards up on Windows. Or am I going to mix up with the Mines? That's Minesweeper. It's all right. Fucking now. Okay. Get away. It's late. I got to pee. God damn it. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, why'd you guys not make fun of me? I'm in, I'm, I've been drinking too. What was the thing to make fun of you over? I just said the most like ego inflated thing ever. Yeah, but this is a show called Roast Mortem. It's supposed to be like, you're not that handsome, Tom. You're not that, you don't sound good. Tom, you're, you're, you're very handsome. No, it's fine. It doesn't matter what you actually think. Never mind. If you actually Gotta touch a boob. You're supposed to shit on me, as I shit on you sometimes. As I should on Cody. Yeah. Come on, guys. I want the spirit to thrive. I don't know. Say, so, yeah. Well, I mean, you could you could be in there next to Cary Grant if you didn't look like you were, like, a burn victim. That'd be mean, though. Yeah. God damn it. That's the point of the show. I don't have to mean. What are you guys talking about how I'm not mean? Yeah, I just... We were, I was collecting thought. It's like, why are none of you meet? This is the show. It's a show. It's called Roast Mortem. You're a dick. I don't like you. Fuck you, Tom. I fucking hate you. Yeah, what do you I live hate, in this? I hate this fucking fucking carry fuck. The, guys, it's too little too late. You ever <laughs> heard I... that from a girlfriend before? What? You ever heard that? You know? What, what did you just say? When a girlfriend's just like, you're too like this. And they start doing that. And then they go, oh, well, it's too little. Cody, you live in the sewer. I don't like you. <laughs> hey, Cody, what the fuck? What the fuck? Let's go to Cody. <laughs> what the fuck, Cody? Ah! So anyway, Zwick, we're rolling back in. You can leave it all in. Just cut out any dead air. Because that's not fun. Okay. So Grant sees his, uh, the final cut, and he's just like, well, that kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, he felt as though the first three rolls he did were not really like it wasn't going very well. His contract was he wasn't making him a lot of money, and he was like, "Ah, oh, these first three roles, I don't like. I want to act, but I don't fucking get this shit." But he stuck with it, and after a few more roles, he was cast in Blonde Venus, in which Grant plays a mean ass pimp ass. That's cool. Wait, so he's selling ladies' razor blades? 
Well, he's selling one specific, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm your, your Venus. Venus. <laughs> I'm your something. I don't know what they're saying. Wow. Imagine that sponsorship for Roast Mortem. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> There's no women. We have a lot of lady listeners. Why not? Right. And I'm sure our lady okay. listeners choose to do whatever they want with their leg hair, which is yeah. fun. Let it grow. Let it grow. And then when, when we get our spot, wait for our sponsorship, ladies. <laughs> and when you want that fresh, smooth to the touch feeling, that yeah. silky leg calf that everyone misses so much. Oh, God, please get that hair off. That's what we've all been thinking. Kind of like on the long side. And then that's time, you know what I mean? Type in our promotion code. Uh, yeah. Go to venus.com and, sl- and type in uh, roast did it. And then. <laughs> yeah. And Your shins get, don't need bags. And then they'll just ship that shit for free. They'll ship it right Your to your legs. <laughs> Tom Tom sent you. Tom Tom sent you. Yeah. I won't get arrested again. After a few more rolls. Oh, like I said, he's this fucking pimp now. now so now we got Gary. Uh, we got Grant. He's playing a, a devilish. He's not He's not like a pimp pimp. He's like. A nice we, pimp? We, we see him. No, he's not nice either. So here's what goes on in the story. You got a lady. Her husband's got a cancer of sorts. He needs help. She uh, and she need they need money. Yeah. So basically, he makes this woman be unfaithful to the husband to get the money. So uh, there's a bit of a yeah. moral predicament there, as Hollywood always tries to teach us yeah, how yeah. to be with it. Okay. Brave little toaster. Right? Why is the toaster brave? It just makes toast. <laughs> good point. Gotta throw your morals in there. You it's know true. what I'm saying? Really good point. It's true. Very true. Okay, so I know I know what you're gonna think, but um, I got some bad news for you, guys, and l- ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening. I'm not gonna talk about every Cary Grant movie. I know you want to hear about that shit. Waiting for that part. I know, Tom. I'm sorry, you're but- you're a dick, Tom. I yeah, don't like you. I up. bet you'd knock over my ice cream cone in the sewer. I think he would. I think I Tom would- told me that before. He was talking about yeah. that shit. How much you're- he fucking hated you. Yeah, I can't. Tom's such a dick. Come you on, guys. Let's go, everyone. Tom yeah. was talking to me about mad shit before. Well, you like know, what? dude. What was he? What was he doing to you? He was just, you know, doing that, you know, Tom thing. Yeah, uh, there was one time I was watching The Matrix 2 on DVD and Tom ejected it and snapped it in half. And I was like, you're an really asshole. Did that? <laughs> it's, it's well, ask because Tom's okay. dick. <laughs> Let me clear something up. I didn't do that, but I would. The Matrix 2 is a terrible movie. <laughs> if I saw you in Cody's home eating ice cream, I would consider throwing it down on the ground. Because I live in a sewer. <laughs> yes, you do, as of this episode. <laughs> Welcome back to, well, Hawaii has sewers, right? Storm Jam? Yeah, they do. Know. They're good for skating. You've been to Hawaii? No, but I've seen, it's, there's a lot of famous uh, skate spots in Hawaii. There's sewage drains. Mike, nice. you're a dick. You live in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Travis. The fucking rats and, and uh, I don't know, sludge shit, people's poop. Uh, is it? Silence <laughs> hurts more than a, than a quit. Yeah, silence hurts real yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Hurts, right? That was easy. I like it. Right, quiet gonna, around Mike. We're going to pick up the pace. Randolph Scott. Grant meets a man named Randolph Scott, and he's a nice man. He was another Paramount actor a few years older than Grant. When the two met at some Paramount lot, uh, they were probably just smoking a cigarette and became friends. Amazing. Yeah, now he has a friend. Cool. Very social thing. They were both into fitness, drinking, smoking cigarettes, nice clothes, <laughs> and uh, 
pretty much all the stuff that men of the 1930s were into. Okay, no surprise. Touching there. wieners, touching wieners, talking about dames, uh, making out with with uh, taxidermy. Now the two lived together for many years, twelve years actually. Believe that shit. Wow, mm, that's beautiful. Now they were probably holding hands. They probably had the bro kiss going on. Yeah, just, just uh, show love. Just normal stuff. See, I wasn't there, and them living together was actually. A common thing in Hollywood for younger actors, and I'll tell Wait, you why. Are you telling me they're doing more than that, like that European way of saying hello, kissing on both their cheeks? They were doing that, but like also the balls too. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Sometimes you left miss. one, right one. All yeah. right, that's cool. Left, right. So um, they did live together, like I said, for twelve years, but that was actually really common to have a, a same residence as a same sex actor. Yeah, bedfellow. Yeah, it was the it like think of it like this: you live in Hollywood. You want the sun, you want the nice house and all that shit. Yeah. Your day is planned by your studio. So you're working seven days a week, almost. And then in the free time, that's not really free time. They're scheduling events and shit for you to go. You don't care where you live. You just want it to look nice. So you share it with another guy. Yeah. Also, yeah, also, you both share the same hat rack because back in the day, everyone wore hats. Yeah. yeah. So if one, one of you gets wow. lice. If one of you gets lice, the other one's getting lice, so you can make fun of that guy. Be like, look, he has lice. Yeah. And then no one will notice that you have lice. And you're not See, alone most, either, too. If, you most know. team building has, like, the trust fall going on. Let's just skip that and share a coat rack. Go right into it, man. Yeah, you guys want to share my coat rack? Bite the pillow. Share a coat rack with Mike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like I said before, Cary Grant, when they first started moving in together, no big deal. Paparazzi didn't really care that much um grant hadn't been a huge star yet there were paparazzi and i learned this is pretty interesting this is the first time i learned about this the studios like paramount and mgm and all them shits they hired the paparazzi uh, oh yeah i didn't know that they did that i thought that there was just like these other i they hired the paparazzi but the intention was to keep the actors in line for really? other paparazzi so there were there were independent circulations and then they would hire their own. Well, because you know now these like influencer people hire their own paparazzis. Yeah, well, and not just really hard. no, not even not even just photographers. Like people that are paparazzi to be like, look at me, I got paparazzi. Oh wow, it's really sad what we're doing now. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of sad things happened then too. A lot of hate in the heart. We said that before. Yeah, a lot of hate. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, Hollywood. You would think of it as like a haven for experimentation and, you you know, alternative everything. You know, homosexuality, drug use, all that crap that was not so clean cut. Yeah. But, in fact, Hollywood at this time was very conservative. They liked their drinks. I can imagine that. They liked their, you know, they, they let certain things fly. But there was a certain thing about the, the, um, the gay rumors and stuff like that. They went so far. So when Cary Grant did eventually, when they put it together and they're like, oh man, these guys really do like each other. Randy and fucking Cary, they're always out eating cucumber sandwiches, yeah. doing push-ups off each other. <laughs> <laughs> this this like mentality that the, the paparazzi had was actually played against any ground that would have held that it, you know, if it did matter, this this ground falls apart because they would accuse everyone of being gay. Guys like Gary Cooper, who are total ladies' men's with gi giant cocks, 
for, photographed giant cocks that were railing out ladies everywhere they went. For some reason, paparazzi were always like, that's a cover. He's banging three chicks a day to cover up for his homosexuality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't really add up that much. Yeah. But either way, mm. Hollywood was, uh, it's always been fucked. Shit, Joe. Yeah. So Grant figured out Hollywood before Hollywood figured out Hollywood. He just didn't play into any of the stuff. You know, a guy, a paparazzi would scream at him and be like, hey, you gay? And he'd be like, dude, I don't care. A little bit. He just deep throat a hot dog a little bit. Be like, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> buddy is like the weirdest thing to say after pulling that feet off <laughs> <laughs> right so now uh, where the hell where the hell was i i lost my i wish i had paper you're not good at reading on not paper are you no i'm not i got used to the paper now my eyes hurt um so he was nice to the reporters actually and all the the, the people ran up to him takes pictures hey you know i mean i take a picture for you mr grant uh, he just took pictures all night. He didn't really care. And when he didn't want that attention, he just stayed home. The guy figured it out. He was like, uh, wow. He never played that whole, like, eh, get out of here. I'm trying to have a nice dinner. Never he never angry. Sean Penn did, you know? Yeah. yeah. He didn't feed He's into like, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. No. <laughs> he just, just want to watch you have a whiskey break. I just wanted to watch you drink whiskeys. Wow. This is actually working. I'm now the Cary Grant of Roast Mortem. Mm-hmm. You guys just want to watch me do shit. Fuck you, Tom. You're, you ain't fucking yeah. Cary Grant. Fuck I bet shit. My guy. Yeah, I bet Tom's <laughs> cup is actually a dribble cup. Fucking loser. You're going to have a sippy cup. He's a fucking silly. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Randy. Cody, off. you're a Randy, baby, too. Randy. All right. Yeah, they li- Cody. They lived together for many years, these two. The two worked out together and are seen having drinks around town and making merry. It's good friends. So this is where the uh, Mark Elliott and paparazzi homosexual narrative totally falls apart. The fact that Mar- uh, Cary Grant was married five times to women and did have sex with plenty of women. We don't even mm-hmm. know if he touched a man's butt. It's all just hearsay at this point. I mean, he right. probably touched his own butt, him he, being a man. He definitely touched his own butt. So yeah. Virginia Cheryl, Grant's first wife. Wife. Well, also Puffy. here, Tom, before you talk about the wives, you got to think about he's living with these men. There's roommates. Sometimes roommates need to apply preparation H to their butthole. If you're caught in the act doing that, it might look gay, but like you're just being a good friend. Something that you wouldn't do because <laughs> yes. you're an asshole. I would do that for any one of my friends that asked me. I think okay. I would be more obliged. Really? I'd actually rather no, you do wouldn't. It. I wouldn't do it for you. We're really related. I wouldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I, but I wouldn't do it for a woman friend. You wouldn't do it for a woman friend? No, because my imagination, it just runs wild. You know, I like to pretend that they, they're perfect. And I would hate to see their imperfections. And don't have buttholes? No, they have buttholes. They're just cute. And they look, they look, they look, they look like they're about to kiss you. Not like yeah, kiss but you then put some Put some chapstick on the lips, then. Yeah, on the industrial little, turd yeah. cutter. Talking about hemorrhoids right now. This is ridiculous. We need to move yeah, along. That's, that's, that's disgusting. A human being. Do we? Guys, I have a short episode here. And, uh, <laughs> We're making it We've been it recording for a very long time. <laughs> Thanks, Wick. So, Virginia Cheryl, Grant's first wife. They met out drinking one night. She was a Hollywood starlet. She gained some fame through her one well-known role as the blind flower girl in Charlie Chaplin's City Lights. Oh, you said Blind Flower Girl, and I instantly was like, Charlie? Yeah. Charlie's you, movie? Yeah, you did the research for the Charlie yeah, Chaplin episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, she was a hot chick with no intentions of being an actress, by the way. She kind of just like stumbled into it. See, Charlie Chaplin saw her out one night, uh, some some event that she was attending with her ex-husband, and um, he cast her for the role because he wanted to bang her. Fair. It's Hollywood. That's a good way to get a role. Either way, Carrie and her met one night, and he fell head over heels for this bitch. Now, Randy was pretty jealous of this at the time. He goes, hey, what's this bitch doing over here? Can we have sex (laughs) or something? I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there. Yeah. So he said mean things about her behind her back and uh, was a sourpuss about the whole thing. When they started dating, he's just like, yeah, bitch is just, you know, Carrie, I know you've been seeing that Virginia lady, but uh, she smells. I hear she keeps onions up her skirt. Yeah. To show shaves off her yeah, cooties. Shave, shaves her onions. Shaved she onion. Shaves them underneath her skirt <laughs> and saves them for later for a nice stew for her husband. What a whore. It's <laughs> yeah. a bad stew. To be fair, I've had better stews. So Stew's he said mean jealous. things and he's like talking to you know, saying things to Cary Grant about how stupid she is. And um he even took the bothersome approach by trying to pry these two apart by always tagging along and being like Stop a chaperone. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, the paparazzi's like, look at these three stars. They're such good friends. But one of them's trying to marry the other one, and the other one's trying to keep getting his dick sucked by the other one. And um, Randy hated fucking Virginia. He was like, yeah, I don't know. This bitch is the worst. So we know he that Randy was a... He secretly loved her? Hmm? He was like in love with her or some shit you're saying? Well, Randy was in love with Grant. Oh. And Grant, being the ever-fluid perfect specimen he yeah, is yeah. understands that the timing comes and goes you know what well, he loved him at one point now he's moving on to virginia they remain friends and all but i can see the jealousy so paramount saw this like these photos come out they're like this like threesome thing is fucking weird like i don't like it night after night them going out just there's the three of them again <laughs> so they offered to set up Randy with any of their upcoming starlets so he can have some arm candy, too. And he just flat out refused. He was just like, nah, you don't get it. And they were like, no, we don't. And we don't want to get it. We don't. We <laughs> want to put some hot piece of ass on you so you look like a man out there. But it doesn't matter. He's already a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't he just like put a mustache on the lady and get a blowjob? He like, close his eyes, pretend. <laughs> close enough. So that's Randy for you. I mean, like, yeah. Either way, Scott, well, I wrote Scott here for some reason, but it's Randy. Uh, so Randy brought wow. Grant a, a house in Santa Monica. He was like, I need to signal to you that we need to just, it's just us, dude. Just us. Whether this is a gay relationship or not, it's just the bros. Right. It's just the bros. Oh, oh. Can't have this shit. Like, they're so, always a beer pong team. Mm-hmm. Flip cup, beer pong. Exactly. Wow. So he's just like, we have to be best friends. I'm going to buy you this house to show you I'm fucking serious about what we're doing here. Super best friends. And, it, and as an attempt to save face in the public, he put Virginia's name on the lease as well. Oh. So that probably didn't work to Randy's benefit. But what did work was that Grant definitely enjoyed that house. Probably. I enjoyed <laughs> it too. Free house. Free house yeah. yeah, free house. So turns out, that Grant was the jealous boyfriend type. Oh. Mm. And that's kind of hard to do when you're trying to pre- please the press, the studio, and his friend Randy and Virginia all at once. See, he'd follow Virginia around and keep tabs on her. 
The press took note of this. They would see her creeping around, see him creeping around, and they started circulating um, marriage rumors, which led to Randy bitching about Virginia some more to Carrie, and then Carrie would dispel those myths to the press by saying he was too busy for marriage. Then Virginia would go run, uh, run, run around behind his back, which would lead to Grant being even a, a more jealous boyfriend. You see, it's a vicious cycle here. Yes, yeah. it, it is. some Hollywood really is. bullshit. I hate this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you want history, don't Agree. you? Agree. You're like, what happened? I want a cannon. Uh, <laughs> Give me the cannon. <laughs> it was a mess. So Grant hired private eyes to keep tabs on Virginia when she went a little, uh, you know, rebellious with her escapades. And Randy went out and, uh, you know, he did it. He got his own <laughs> boyfriend. I mean, girlfriend, oh, excuse right. me. He got his own girlfriend provided by the studio eventually. Now Grant felt really alone because he's just like, you know, my, my dude's got a girlfriend. My oh, girlfriend my is terrible. Um, <laughs> this is how I feel my whole life now. Now it's all coming together. Now my life's in a different perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm making money. Oh, my God. I'm still alone. Yeah, it's the money can't buy you happiness. Yeah, that's, that's right, Mike. I don't know about that. MDMA <laughs> is for sale always. True. <laughs> now, what can be said about Grant is that he had no idea how to deal with women. Over the course of his life, like I mentioned, he was married five times, Virginia being the first, February 9th, 1934. Uh, they made it just over a year, and then they divorced on grounds of abuse. You see, Virginia never shut up. And... Uh, Though we don't know Grant's whole thing, because he was a very private man, uh, she said that he hit him, hit her. Uh Uh-oh. One of these. But we don't know that, because Virginia, we do know for a fact, didn't shut up. So let's chalk it up to that she was asking for it. And uh, I don't know about that, Tom. I don't know about that, I'm not saying he's innocent. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm painting them both as bad in that moment. But I can't paint my man in Sterling Perfect. You probably look good doing it. Do you think that he? Do you think maybe she was talking a lot and then he just turned around quickly and maybe her his butt chin hit her in the face? His butt chin wasn't protruding. He was no James Stewart. He he yeah, but but he could flex it, so it could protrude. Either way, Gary uh, Gary Cranston, horrible (laughs) (laughs) Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. So um. Yeah, Cary Grant, he was just, I don't know, he just he probably hit her because she didn't shut up. And, you know, they both, she should have shut up and he should have not done that. Jesus uh, Christ. One documentary I watched claimed that there was a suicide attempt during this marriage. But uh, that documentary sucked. So I'm going to say uh, that probably didn't happen. <laughs> but if it did, there. I said it here. Now, to rewind a touch, before the marriage, Cary went to England to go visit his dad. The two were catching up at a bar, making merry, when Elias told them the truth about his mother. Remember that mother? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one that went to the shore? Yeah. Now, Elias told him that his mother uh, had, in fact, not died, but has been locked up in a mental hospital for the last 19 years oh, no. due to a nervous oh. breakdown. And uh, Elias was like, well, I thought she'd be there for the rest of her life, so she was pretty much as good as dead, right? <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah. it's a little bit more easier to take that than like you could just fuck up a kid because it's easier to say it that way. Yeah, I guess you probably should tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's also a street kid too. This is, this is this <laughs> Remember, is he was a street kid, but this was okay. So Elias is a scumbag. Let me tell you why he's 
Let me tell you why he's an industrious scumbag. All right. Now, like you. Man, I'm so mean. High five me, Mike. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. Yeah. It's, it's getting better. Um, it really isn't. No, it's not. I'd like to believe it is. Just the same way I wish. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Cody Shut doesn't up. even wear pants. Yeah, Cody, put some pants on. So, co- yeah. Comfortable. Yeah. Superman. Superman, okay. no pants. <laughs> this is the worst episode of Roast Mortem ever. I'm in love with the guy I'm roasting. You guys aren't Tom's making over here fun complaining. of me. Just fucking fuck you, Tom. Right. Thank you. <laughs> now. Sorry. The industrious type that Elias <laughs> <was>. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. No. That was mean, that one. No, the industrious type that Elias was, um, it wasn't that he was trying to spare the boy's feelings. It was that he met another woman and didn't have the money to divorce her over the course of 19 years. So <laughs> this is why he kept that woman in jail. Uh, mm. Crazy jail. Oh. Crazy jail. Yeah, so Elias is a top-notch scumbag. We have a lot of fun now. Now, Grant loses his cool. He's just like, fuck. That <laughs> night, he goes back to the hotel. His wife, Virginia, is like, eh, and he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's all mad. The next day, he wakes up in the afternoon. He calls his dad. He's just like, arrange a meeting between my mother and myself at the hospital, please. I'm on my way there. So... Elias is like, sure, I owe you one. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, all right, street kid. So now he goes to the hospital, and he sees his mother. And his mother, uh, she was always a little off, but now she was extra off because she had been basically brain murdered. Was she a lobotomy? <laughs> no, she hadn't, she hadn't had a lobotomy, but, you know, like you spend 19 years with someone telling you that you're crazy. Oh, yeah, I guess. Around crazy. all crazy people. Yeah. You might exhibit some crazy behavior that's true so it was pretty upsetting but um she was with she was with it enough she actually hadn't seen any hollywood movies that he had been in at this point wow so she's just like oh hey archie i i kind of you look familiar don't i know you from somewhere yeah don't i know you from somewhere yeah it was one of those very sad moments though you you smiled when you said it's i did you're sick he's thinking about a manhattan still i am So anyway, the, the, the meeting was terrible for Archie. He was glad his mother was alive, um, but it kind of fucked with his head and made him all paranoid for the next few weeks. He was convinced that he had cancer when he saw a little sh- uh, blood in his shit. Oh, and uh, he claimed publicly that he had some kind of precancerous condition to his colon, and that was really? all fixed via radiation. But uh, no medical records were ever found that back that. Oh, the narcissist. Now, with that being said, he lost his mind for a little oh. bit. This is not this guy. He brings it back together. He's like, I'm fucking Cary Grant. I went crazy for a month, and now I'm normal. Easy. He pulls it back together. Oops. Father that he just rekindled the relationship with, even though he was a fuckhead, drinks himself to death. Bam. Done. No more dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to bounce around a bit because, look, after all this shit, the guy's on top of the world. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, don't, I don't want to hear about him being on top of the world. Right. So I'm just going to talk about a couple things, then we're going to wrap the episode up. Because it's really about how does Cary Grant become Cary Grant? Amazing. He's up top. Now it's not that fun anymore. He was very private. Nothing else to talk about. So he quit working for Paramount, and his agent made some kind of weird contract with a bunch of other studios like that were overlapping, which was the first time this was done in Hollywood. So he reinvented how Hollywood actors actually got deals. That's pretty mm. cool. 
Very nice. It's very thoughtful. Got a good agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His next wife, Barbara Hutton, married her in 1942. Now, she's one of the world's richest women. Oh, smart of him. I would like to do... <laughs> yeah, very smart. Uh, yeah, I would okay, actually Mike. like to do some kind of episode on her. Maybe a masterclass yeah. series about rich people. Uh, there's not there's not lots of information. I mean, there's a five-hour movie about her called Poor Little Rich Girl. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. but that's like all the information. And then when you boil that down to all the awkward staring scenes and the uh, seven, you know, the 80s kind of <laughs> terrible cutting techniques, it's about 30 <laughs> minutes worth of speaking points. So maybe we do something about her in the future. But uh, they get Rich divorced. old hags. Yeah, she, they get divorced in 1945. Uh, he took no cash from her. Oh, he what? did not try to cash in on that. Uh, the press did call them cash and carry. Which is oh. a fitting name. Yeah. Mm. I stuck it out. He marries Betsy Drake, December 25th. That's Christmas, by the way. Uh, 1949. And he divorces Thank her you. August 14th, 1962. This is his longest marriage. Not much Not happens. Christmas, by the way. Not even close. Then we got Diane Cannon. Marries her, that bitch in July 22nd, 1965. And divorces her February 26th, 1966. This is the only child he ever had. Jennifer. She's a beautiful Ooh. woman. If you look her up, oh, she's wow. got great genes. She's oh. got Cary Grant inside of her. I'd love to see so. her. Type her in, Jennifer. Jennifer Google Grant. exists, motherfucker. Mm. Is he doing any drugs? I heard that he did acid. I'm getting there. Jennifer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grant. Over the course of his career, some of his bigger roles, like North by Northwest, uh, Bring a Baby, Penny Serenade to Catch a Thief. He amassed a fortune of $60 million, and that's in Ooh. 80s money, which is the equivalent to double today. That's a lot of fun. Ah, that's a lot of cheese. It's You could buy with that. That's a lot of cheeses. Cary Grant was very smart with his money. He made all kinds of business investments, and he uh, was one of the first guys to take percentages as a wow. as a, an actor, so get those... Get those points. He bought stock. Mm, points. He bought Paramount stock. He got all that shit. Some of his, some I think some of his jobs, uh, like some of his MGM jobs, he just took stock instead of pay, and then hmm. ended up working out for him. So it's good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cary Grant started working with Alfred Hitchcock. We oh, know that. Wow. Oh, he's, he's on the list, dog. He's coming. He's yeah, definitely coming. He's I don't want to bring up too much about them, but they got along really well because they were both these British transplants in Hollywood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With these rough up- upbringings, they both had strange. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's episodes could be a lot more fun than this one because we're not yeah, having he's... that much fun right now. Cody just yawned like a goddamn MGM lion, but with no <laughs> noise. <laughs> Fuck you, Cody. God, yeah, damn Cody. It. What are you a, a, a tiger? Are you tired? Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> really bad at this, guys. Anyway, fuck you, Tom. <laughs> hey, okay. How <laughs> is skateboarding? It's fucking terrible. <laughs> Mike, I bet you can't even do a kickflip, jerk. I can't. My fucking knees are shot. It sucks. <laughs> he's hurt. He's hurting, man. Yeah, I'm he's he's going to move you. into the basement. He's, yeah. he's disabled. Making fucking <laughs> corn dogs the rest of my life. I got you covered. Make I- sure you use those nipple knee dispensers for your mustard and ketchup. <laughs> So, no surprise, the FBI did have a file on Grant. Um, he did meet with Hoover at one point, but all those files have been destroyed since then. Uh, not really to go off of, because Hoover had a file uh, on everyone in Hollywood. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fun thing about Cary Grant is that he was big on LSD for therapeutic reasons. Ooh. Okay. Microdosing, yes. brah. No, he was doing heavy doses. Macro brosin, <laughs> dah. There you go. Uh, during the 50s, before it was outlawed uh, by um, fascists or whatever, um, yeah, Nixon, he was able to unpack a bunch of luggage about himself, all this baggage, excuse me, not luggage, baggage, yeah. uh, his abandonment issues, why he was terrible with women, all that crap. Um, I'm just a street kid, bro. Why is that elephant doing in my zone? <laughs> exactly. And uh, Get through that, that monkey off my dick. <laughs> and through that, Grant was able to rule Hollywood. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, this guy, I'm just, I'm just jealous of him, really. Um, same. Yeah. So he did, did some other shit, and um, it's great. It's great. Uh, another funny fact is that he gave to many Jewish charities in his older age. He believed that he had some Jewish blood in him. Um, his penis was circumcised, which was very strange for a English person at the time. Hmm. Um, we don't know why that is. But Do you think he nodded off himself? No, I think that's a terrible thing to say about this nice man. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's yeah, he very concerned about his beauty. He might be concerned about the the trimming of his penis bushes. There's the a builds up in the in the skin. I heard there's a th- yeah, and then you gnaw it out like a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> There's so there, many incorrect things being said right now. I'm having an aneurysm. There is a theory that his mother, um, his father wasn't Elias and that he was a Jewish man that huh. Elsie uh, made love to once and then uh, had that baby. Oh. But we can't prove that. There's not enough documentation. And it probably wasn't real. I think the whole circumcision thing was, my guess is that Elsie was like, oh, uh, they say it's cleaner. I'll do this newfangled thing. Isn't that why everyone in America has it? Yeah, pretty much. But she was doing it in England. It's it's not even that common today in England. Yeah, no. So just a weird thing. I don't know. I don't don't know exactly what happened. I think in the future they should, like, instead of just, like, do a circumcision, they should, like, perm it out, right? Like, fro-pick on the skin. On the skin, so it makes, like like, a... like a pom pom at the top. You want top. volumizing. You want it to yeah, look like volumizing a, skin. You want it to look like the end of a uh, of a, a Thanksgiving turkey leg with the yeah with the little holder on it. Do you ever see the yeah. whole like taffy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Here we are, ladies. Flesh tone taffy pulling. Hit me up if you've ever been with a man that had an anteater uh, taffy skin. <laughs> I want to know about it. You really don't. Now, uh, one other fun thing that happened is um, Chevy Chase in the 80s when he was getting big. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Apparently, he was on some talk show, uh, September 1980, Tom Snyder's talk show Tomorrow. He um, compared Chevy Chase. I know it sounds retarded, but he compared Chevy Chase to being the new Grant. Oh. And Chase responded... Uh, I understand he was a homo. He was brilliant. What a gal. Ha 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 ha. Uh, so oh. Chase's comment, uh, Grant heard about it, and he was like, well, I'm going to sue you now because you're an asshole, Chevy Chase. Good. This is Hollywood. Yep, this well, is no, Hollywood. Chevy Chase is a dick. He is. Who likes Chevy Chase? If you like community, you're a racist. I don't even think Chevy <laughs> Chase likes Chevy Chase. 
Yeah, he's got. I hear he's. I've never heard anything good about personal encounters with him. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Uh, th- there was actually a lawsuit, a slander lawsuit, but oh. it got settled out of case, uh, out of out of court. And you know what? That's all I got on Cary Grant. Other than he's just a lovely man. Beautiful. Chip. Um. Someone asked me how he did it. Fuck you, Tom. Yeah, Tom. What the fuck? I'm not gonna do this. Nice. How dare you fucking ask me that or ask us that question out loud? What a fucking jerk. He can't even do it himself. You can't even ask yourself your question. You can't read Tom. That, time that, that, one hurts. Time. that hurts. <laughs> Mike, are you you can't do that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm going that, blind. You can't All really. right, I'll I'll humor the Tom here. Tom Wendy Diddy. Thanks for asking, Travis. In 1986, after 20 years of being retired from film, and uh, he was just doing business at this point, Cary took to doing a traveling show called A Conversation with Cary Grant. You see, he always liked his public because he was so lovely, um, but he didn't like doing uh, straight-up interviews like James Lipton. He liked the idea of talking to people, so it was audience members gathered in a theater, and they were invited to ask questions to Grant, and he did some jokes and whatnot. It's a great time. Mm. So, in the Alder Theater in Davenport, Iowa, of all goddamn places. Wow. He was about to do the show, but he wasn't feeling so well. So he went back to the hotel. There, he had a massive stroke and passed away. November 29th, 1986, at age 82. Ooh, long life. There was no funeral or any of that shit. They just uh, cremated him and threw him all over the place because he didn't like the attention. Oh, I'm trying to stuff him or something. Yeah, right. Taxidermy. If there was one man that could have been stuffed, it would probably be him. Yeah, right. I want to look at him forever. I want to look at that guy forever. But yeah, that's Cary Grant for you. Um, I laid into him pretty hard, don't you think, guys? Yeah, that's how you fucked it up. (sighs) Yeah, I think the real jerk of this episode is Tom. I concur wholeheartedly. I I got that warm feeling (laughs) that I've been missing. That's just the scotch. That's true. So, all right. Uh, for everyone who's listening to the show, thanks very much. Appreciate uh, what you've yeah. done for us. Yeah, yeah, dog. Go to roastmortemcast.com and you could uh, see things. You could see our data. You could buy a merch. You know what those hats? Those hats are sweet. Yeah, you could be on one of these hats. It's got a dick and a boob on it. I like Travis that. is wearing one right now. Or you could go to patreon.com slash where you could... You know, do you get what's coming up? If you listen after the music here, you could be dead. Like Cary Grant. We can yeah. love you as oh. much as him. By that, wait, I mean wait. just me. I'm fun. Good job upselling that. Yeah, Tom loves this guy. I do. I'm filled with pre cum at the moment. <laughs> I can see it. Aren't we all? Just oozing out the eyeballs. Yep. And so thanks for everything, everyone who listens to this goddamn show. Mike, it's nice to have you back in the studio. It feels great. Guys, we did it. Does it? Yeah! Woo-hoo! We did it. All Bye, right. eggs. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. Love you. Thank you.
Where is this? Where, where am I? Where, did I, uh, is this the end of the show? The fuck is going on here? Congratulations, Travis. How was your week? I'm just kidding. No, no. Wait, we already did all that. I know. Wait, this, is what we, this is what we usually do sometimes. I, not, It's unusual. I play. Usually what we do sometimes. Very good, sir. So, this is obituaries. This is where we will uh, give a great obituary to our Patreon supporters. Love you guys. Who hit a certain tier. Tier boys. Uh-huh. Yeah, tears for crying. <laughs> We're going to give you the uh, tears. At, and without further ado, mm -hmm. Cody, who's a I'm oh. chopper boy? <laughs> That's confusing. Um, first up to be obituized is the one, the only Mike McKenna, and he's a, he's one of our uh, delicious patrons. Uh, he registered his account with a uh, slightly atheistic uh, email address. I'm not going to dox him, but it's. Uh, Mildly uh, harsh. Is it GlennBenton at gmail.com? I told you that I wouldn't fucking dox him. <laughs> okay. Tom. It's a heavy hole joke. Um, so, knowing that he's slightly atheistic with an email account address that's uh, in suit, he's uh, checking the inbox one day and he realizes there's an email from a nearly anonymous sender. And he's like, What's this about? And then he goes in and it's just like, subject line, heard you talking shit. Body of the email flagpole two o'clock, and, and Mike's like, "Whoa, whoa, what, what, what the fuck's that about?" Oh it's shit, like, oh, what's going on? And he, and he goes to the flagpole, waits until two o'clock, and sure enough, it's fucking Christ Man Jay, just already there waiting for him. Okay, smoking a smoking a cigarette in his Letterman jacket. You know what I mean? Mike rolls up and he's like, "Oh shit, I, I, I guess we're doing this." And then suddenly the twelve apostles like form like a fight ring. Okay. Around JC, the two. JC would gang up on you. Just saying. He, he would he would have he would be prepared to surprise you. Probably touch you. That's with like fish. what he likes doing. Yeah, with fish, with walking on water, all 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 sorts of fucking trickery. Right, you know old what I mean? David's like, Blaine's. You know what I mean? Like you, you think he's going for like a fucking block with his hand, but you just punch through it because that's where like he was crucified and the nails went through, and then he just twists your wrists and break it. So the two like start like fucking tussling. You know what I mean? Good old, good old schoolyard tussle. A holy tussle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is super handy with like the fucking sucker punches and high kicks. It's just like whoa, that guy's quick and flexible for being, you know. Around two thousand years old, there's a lot of squats. In the a lot of squats. It's important there's bobbing, to be flexible. There's weaving. He's spry. He's spry is what mm. I'm saying. Yep. And like Mike's in there, he's he's taking them as well as he's dishing them out. He's starting to like break down like the phytology behind Jesus. He's starting to like get into the combos. And before like Mike can capitalize on figuring out Jesus moves, you know, Jesus pulls out his up fucking ultimate. You know, the Jesus meter was full, and he hits like you know the neutral B. And the ultimate comes out. Is it called the Nazareth uh, f throat fuck? Yeah. <laughs> the Nazareth throat fuck. Thank you, Tom. But a uh, side effect of the Nazareth throat fuck is he turns um, the 70% uh, water makeup in your body into wine. Oh. And our friend Mike instantly dies from alcohol poisoning. But he's losing drunk. Losing to Jesus. He died drunk. The way Travis is going to die. Yeah. 70% alcohol. He's going happy. So, rest yeah. in peace, Mike McKenna. Thank you. 
for your Patreon support. Yeah, th- thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for showing up uh, again. <laughs> We're glad to have you back on the show. Uh, the there he episode. is. Yeah. yeah, man, you did it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tom, who, who going down next? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Are you? In all seriousness, uh, all these people are very nice because they give us their money. So I take them seriously. I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't say anything that isn't true about these people. Yeah. Very beautiful um, people. Right. I, I tell the truth. So, uh, a big shout out to General Apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now, General Apeshit, he's a Patreon member. Like he pays He pays for one quarter of your rent. Well, it's crazy what this man does. Generosity. Awesome. So, right, really your old Chris Kringle. Right. So, General Apeshit, uh, he, uh, you could imagine someone with the name Apeshit. Uh, especially yeah. a general, like they are, pro- uh, he's professional at just going crazy, you know, um, smoking fr- and freebasing various powders is a specialty of his. Oh wow! Um, not okay. filing his taxes, um, never really checking his oil, jumping from buildings for fun, parkour style. That's what uh, General Sicko. Ape shit does in his free time, and God bless him, he's fucking good at it. But I bet the one thing that I don't like about what General Ape shit does, mm-hmm. not one bit, is um, he doesn't wash his fruit. That's fucked up. Yeah, that's dangerous in Hawaii. Yeah, it's dangerous everywhere. Doesn't I wash never it. wash my fruit? I wash it with whey powder. Well, we've had similar conversations to the one I'm about to tell you about with, uh, okay. with General Ape right. shit. So I, I, we were speaking on the phone the other day. It was like, hey man, how are you? A uh, little chat up as we do, uh, and. At the end of the, the conversation, I was just like, you still not washing your fruit? And he's just like, fuck that. And then he threw uh, his phone, and then that was the end of wow. that day. But the next day, he, he goes and gets some fruit from a store. Uh, he just eats it, as he does without washing it. He gets very sick. Bastard. He gets pretty sick. Um, not not extremely sick, but sick enough. So, like uh, my tum-tum. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, I got... Uh, um, so he goes to the hospital, because he's like, I can't keep anything down. This is bad. So the nurse admit him uh, as um, a, a clerical error as the general. Mm. Now, unbeknownst Uh-oh. to him, uh, the general, the insurance man, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> he is also in the same hospital for a routine uh, hangnail removal. Is Shaq there? Well, this is where our story goes. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so uh, I'm very, you're paying attention. Bastard. So Shaq comes to bring the general flowers, and the uh, the, the woman at the front desk sends. Shaq to the wrong general. Oh, uh, oh which, no. Which when Shaq, he seems to be a really nice guy. He does. He he just had a moment where he saw this guy who he thought was going to be the general and turned out to be general ape shit. He kind of lost it. Um, he started breaking things, ye- yelling at general ape shit who went from sleeping to still kind of sleeping. Being like, well, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> God. Get out of my room, y- you tall Shaq. guy. Was uh, he just practicing his Shaq Fu? Uh, no, he wasn't. But as soon as oh, okay. as soon as he noticed he was awake, and um, you know, instead of just going back to the front desk like, oh, I, I think there's an error, Shaq uh, smothered him to oh death with one of his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> his shoes are that big. They're, they're pretty fucking massive. They are big, and they and they're soft like pillows. So he just he went from a rage to just like this isn't gonna happen again. This will never happen again. <laughs> so that's what Shaq does. So. Rest in peace, General Ape shit. Thank you for paying Mike's rent. Yes. Rest I really in appreciate it a lot. All right, and our last person is Joanne, longtime listener from... Yeah. Iceland. Iceland. Howdy. 
That's the a, land of ice. Natural, that's what they say over there. Howdy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen Get off the Howdy. plane. Howdy, Iceland. Shit. So, Joanne, you know, it's part of, like, Scandinavia area, cold lands. They got Eskimo, rain, reindeers, uh, mushrooms. What else they got up there? I don't know. Maybe but snow? The one, the one thing they got up there is um, in Norway, which is like their neighbors, uh, they have the seed bank. You guys ever hear about that seed bank? Yeah, the seed bank. Yeah, I heard about that. Mike, do you know what the seed bank is? Like a sperm bank? Yeah, uh, close. It's like if, yeah. if, if, the world, if the world needed a nut, where would it get it from? Like a nut? Like a real nut? Like a nut. Like a, a nut nut? Or like, like a, a disgusting nut. I could go to a sperm bank, right? Yeah, exactly. Sperm, so, yeah. Travis, elaborate. I'm sorry. I just so, so yeah, the seed bank is is a it's a place up in Norway in the cold. Is a bunker that has every type of plant seed or fruit seed. It's yeah. just stored away in case we get blown up. The earth gets destroyed, but somehow this one bunker is okay. So Joanne is up there, and she's like, "All right, let's check this place out." She goes down there. I don't know. They did like a tour. She's like, "There, that's." Their only visitor, because she just walked walking in the middle of the tundra. Some this, bitch. Of course. Seed bank. She's going on the tour, and she sees like a door that's kind of uh, open a little bit, and like it says, "Do not entry, personnel only." So she like, oh, all right, let's Do see what they entry. got in there. It's general personnel only. Yeah. So she opens the door, and she sees an Illumin like Illuminati meeting going down. Men in black robes. Whoa. Um, they're, they're, they're pulling people up from the center of the earth to Floating join pyramids. with the meeting. Wow. This is uh, so, something you can definitely trace back to its sources. I, 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 I can check, verify the story. <laughs> now, see, these Illuminatis, like, they're more in tune with what Mike was saying, that uh, this isn't just for plant seeds. This is for sesamin seeds as well. Mm. Ah. Gotta have so humans in there. That's where you go for a nut. How are you going to grow a human once the Earth gets destroyed? Need egg. Need sperm. Yeah. Need so they're, music. They're seeding over this pizza. They're in a circle, and they're all seeding on a pizza. But little did they know that this pizza was bearing eggs. Oh. And uh, the, oh, gesta no. the gestation period for a pizza is very quick. It's like a matter of seconds. <laughs> That's um, true. And this That's pizza... Obscene. This pizza bursts this hell pizza minion. And Joanne's <laughs> just like, oh... That's weird. And before she knows it, it like kind of squishes its elbow a little bit, and pepperoni grease comes flying out, hits her in the face, alien style, like, or Indiana <laughs> oh, Jones. Xenomorph. Just like, <laughs> and then oh. the pepperoni sees her and she's like, oh, well, now I vomited on it like a fly. I can eat her. And it walks <laughs> over and eats her. Oh, that's beautiful. So thank you for uncovering the truth, Joanne. Yeah, your sacrifice is uh, noted. I guess <laughs> du duly noted. That's how you really show respect. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a show. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye.